only Amiga makes it possible. Shut up already. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, February 17, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 488. This is No Agenda. Sitting in and on boxes. Nothing left but a bare bone studio here in Camp Mofo at the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And it's cold here in Chili Con Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buzzkill. In the morning. Chili Con Valley. Real, did they, they must have said that on the news this morning. This cannot be a John C. Dvorak original. Uh, in fact, it is. I thought of it just a second ago, noticing how cold it is. And you said, hey, I've got a great one, a play on words. Chili Con Valley. <laughs> a play on words we've never heard before. Mm. Right. Well, um... And yes, I'm going to probably have chili con carne for dinner. <laughs> and of course, uh, you were thinking about that. You didn't even notice what I said. What did you say? That um, we're sitting in and on boxes. Yeah, no, I heard that. Oh, okay. It's, it's empty. Do you hear the, hello, hello? Oh, I can't. Yeah, I did there. <laughs> do you hear the... This uh, actually gives it nice ambience. I think you should do the... You should keep an empty room. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, no, it does not sound good. It sounds echoey. No, no, that uh, sounds better than you think. It no, sounds good. No, no, no. Chat no. room, tell them what it sounds. Like. Tell them it sounds. <laughs> oh, it sounds oh, what? Now the chat bigger, room. Bigger. Now the now the chat room's They're your the bestest experts. buddy. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. The chat room knows knows all. The all knowing chat room. Yeah. So, uh, th- so literally, we have planned our lives once again. The move around the uh, uh, around the show. So yesterday we had the the two men in a truck here all day. Um, packing up with us, and, uh, and so right after the show, after the show uh, is post produced and the show notes are done, everything's uploaded, which takes another two hours after the show. Then uh, I break it all down, and then tomorrow morning uh, we move over, and then I'm going to spend I don't know how many days. You know, it, uh, it's, it has been. It's been. A, first of all, Miss Mickey's done a great job. Job. She's doing everything. The only thing I have to do is basically... They sound like a couple of gypsies. <laughs> yeah. So I had... You know, you know Geek Desk? You know these... Um, have you heard of this? Geekdesk.com? So they came out with a new product, which is um, a stand-up desk with an electric motor, but a, finally one that's affordable, because these desks are typically you know, $2,000 if you want to get a desk that can move from sitting position up to standing position, because I really wanted to build a stand-up studio. And I'm and and I don't want to have have it to be in it to be a fixed height because I always thought, I always thought you were a stand up kind of guy. I, I, I yes, besides the pun, but I am. I like doing. I like standing while doing shows, etc. And so they came out with this product, which is like five hundred bucks for a stand up desk. And this is the only I splurged. I got two of them for the new studio. So you know, I ordered on time and everything, and you know, the boxes came, and of course, only one of the tabletops came. So yeah. I, yeah, and then the other one was damaged, like a huge gouge right in the top. So I'm like, oh man, you know, this is gonna suck. You know, I, I have you know two elevating frames with no wood on it. I'm gonna have to go get some you know some wood or whatever. So and you know you go back on the site. I'm like, oh okay, there's no phone number. I'm like, oh this is gonna this is gonna suck so bad. So I send them like, hey, you know, I only received one tabletop and that one's destroyed. And lo and behold, I get an email from uh, Jennifer, and she's like, 
Well, looks like the order got split. You know, the uh, somehow UPS will deliver on uh, the other one on Monday, and uh, I've immediately, you know, sent a picture of the tabletop. Immediately have sent a new one to replace the one that's uh, broken. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. So, what company is this? Geekdesk.com. Geek. Geek Desk. Yeah. Deek. Yeah, as in golf. Echo. Echo. Kilo. Golf. <laughs> Are you looking or just being a douche? No, I, I I said geek desk and you said no. No, I said and I, then I thought you said deek desk and I said deek <laughs> desk and then you said no, golf and I said golf, and so it's geek desk. Geek desk. So that's desk, how yeah. that happened. Yeah. So so uh, I I love how so so they have this new product which is like five hundred dollars for a desk which is really well, how much was yours five hundred dollars oh yeah that's what. Duh. I, it's kind I, of pricey. I got a, I got no, a stand-up it, desk from Ikea for like 160 Yeah, no, but that how big is it? It's big. No, it's not. It's enough for a computer and a keyboard. Yeah? Yeah. No, John, I have three monitors here. I've got two mixers. This this is a serious operation. This is not like an you Ikea. side-by-side side and put three monitors on them. Yeah, and then and then what's the price? It's more than five hundred dollars. Then you're like, no, it's one hundred fifty bucks a pop, three hundred. You, you just said, save no, bucks. you need three. Okay, do you want the best podcast in the universe to be a freaking IKEA operation? <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing you say? We have so jingles, my friend. No, shut up, you. That's kind of pricey. All right, just saying. No, it's not. It's it's a lot cheaper than an Amish desk. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't have an Amish desk. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying that yeah, I'm spending resources on the show, and you're taking us to IKEA level. Thanks. Oh, that's it. You think IKEA sucks, huh? Hold on a second. Let me look yes, this up. Yes, IKEA blows chunks. Some assembly required. <laughs> mm. Lost my hex thing. <sighs> yes, that. Anyway, so it was important that it, that it, I could uh, adjust it. I didn't. I, it doesn't matter if it's a motor. I I would have done it with a crank handle. It has a motor. Can, yeah, yeah. That's for that price. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So you're moving right to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You so, know, it's funny. You like to. I, I think broadcasting where you're standing up is good. I'm actually in a chase lounge <laughs> from Martha Stewart. And I have the microphone Jeez. hanging. Really? Are you you're, are you serious? You're, are you kicking back? I am kicking back as we speak. So how do you? I mean, do you have? A, are you using a laptop on your lap or? No, no. I, I can. The screen is like let's see, about five feet from here. I just I like to keep the screen away from me, and because it's better for the eyes. And um, right. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just speak, kind of, I'm, speaking I'm, of this. I'm kind of, of leaning this. back. I'm kind of, you know, I'm almost prone to the, almost parallel to the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> are you grounded properly? <laughs> and that's that's weird because you'd say that because no, there's something going I, I, on. There's, there, there's definitely something in that. First of all, we have a jingle for that. <laughs> it's lightning rod and grounding braid. In the morning. Hello, everybody. We're Lightning Rod and Grounding Braid. So you are Earth today, John. Are you Earth? Yeah, well, kind of. Let's go back to, there's the, boy, that geek death site is the slowest thing in history. Well, no, the whole chat room is on it. So we've basically, we've crashed. Apparently, we have like a, like a twit-sized audience these days. So anyway, uh, I've been getting jolts. 
constantly around oh, the house. Really? And I thought it was my shoes because I got a couple of these insulated <laughs> shoe, top sliders or whatever they are. I got some, but I've tried different shoes and slippers. And so I'm so I'm when I'm making my my cuts from the slippers? TV <laughs> slippers. Slippers. Yeah. You want to wear slippers. Yeah. So, so anyway, when I'm, some people walk around barefooted, I don't understand. So anyway, so I'm making these cuts and every time I go back to the little recorder, which is hooked to the uh, DVR, I'm, I just dread yeah, you get touching it because yeah, I get a jolt. And, and you, do, you do one of those like where you touch it real fast, you know, like, no, like no, that's going to make the shock knuckle, less. <laughs> uh, the DVR itself, I just find a piece of metal, I knuckle it. You knuckle you it. Know? Wait a minute. Does, it, does, does the knuckle not give you the jolt then? It gives you a jolt that's very tolerable. Oh, so really? So uh, this is this is important information because I'm one of the people. You know, if if it's if it's static and I know I'm going to get uh, a shock or I've I've gotten a couple, then everything I touch, I do the the real like you know the quick touch. But that's not the way to do it, apparently. No, what you want to do is actually you can use your finger knuckles. But if you really don't like any shock whatsoever, you use your 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 fist knuckle. You know, the bottom one. <laughs> Big giant one, and you touch with that. Really, you get the. Does you see the jolt there? But if for some reason I think it's the there's not the nerves are not they're not as sensitive to the, like the fingertips, which are sensitive. So you touch with your fingertip, it just hurts. So I'm wandering around, and I go to the kitchen. I I couldn't believe this. I got a jolt from some potatoes. <laughs> well, you know, you can make a battery uh, out of a potato. Well, I guess the potato had contact with the. I, there was some butter on the potato, which was contacted the metal on the stove. Yeah. And when I I went to touch, I was I don't know why I was even <laughs> touching the potatoes, but I went to touch them and I got a jolt, and that just that was the end. I mean, right now I don't know what the deal is, but there's so much static, and it's been going on for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, in I don't know if it's all of California, just my my house, hmm. or somebody's maybe the somebody's rigged a, a listening device and it's kind of screwed up the electricity in the place. I have no idea, but it's bugging me. This is interesting. Well, this, there's something going on then. I mean, it's. You think yeah, when it, the potato gives gives me a shot, I'd say <laughs> when the when, <laughs> hmm hmm. I would be somewhat concerned personally. Well, yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> complaining about it. So you were talking about your eyes. I didn't mention this uh, the other day. Um, now, uh, for those of you who are new to the program, uh, this is the best podcast in the universe. When I stopped smoking, a 33-year habit, and of course, you know, I'm saying this 33 for a reason, um, my eyesight changed. And this would be presumably because of the I have less impurities flowing through the blood vessels in general and specifically in my eyes. Uh, so my focal point changed. And I've had a, it's been a, you say, how many feet do you sit away from the monitor? Three, three feet, you say? Uh, that's right your now ideal? I'm probably about four. And what is the resolution of the monitor? Because that's kind of important. 1920 by 1080, of course. Hmm. Okay. So uh, when I do that, um, let's see. Yeah, that's, that is really nice, but I can't do it without my glasses. And uh, currently in the studio, I'm about, I'd say, two and a half feet, which is a comfortable range for me wearing the glasses. If I get any further, then I have to literally slide the glasses on my nose, or I have to, if I get any closer, I have to take them off because I'm myopic. Myopic, I think is what it is. Myopia. So I get a whole bunch of emails, just like we have uh, tons of uh, dentists and uh, 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 uh Oral healthcare professionals. Right. We apparently, as well as truck drivers. Yes, we have truck drivers. We have oral healthcare uh, providers, but we also have uh, ophthalmologists uh, amongst our uh, our elite listenership. 
And so I'm getting a lot of advice, uh, varying degrees of advice, of course. Um, and uh, and it, also a lot of people still think I should, you know, they, there's a lot of push towards the LASIK uh, operation. And I want to say uh, this about LASIK, which is, the, you know, the, the eye operation to correct your vision one. Um, it still, to this day, to my knowledge, invalidates your pilot's license. They, they are not happy with uh, with this surgery. Um, so they're, they're, you know, unless you hide it, which I think most people do. Uh, two, isn't it always the the case, John? And maybe you can back me up on this. When uh, someone says, "Hey, you know, this guy that I had my you know, that did my LASIK surgery, he invented the procedure." <laughs> you know, have you have you uh, picked up on this that people are always telling you their guy invented the procedure? I have never actually had a discussion with anyone who's had the LASIK surgery oh. in that regard. Oh, so well. I don't know, but I can imagine that because it seems as if uh, the, I mean the the it was, used to be called radio carrot something or others carrot carrot off of me. And it was some. It was a Russian, I think, invention. People can correct us in real time. Uh, and it, and it was always a crappy. I, it didn't never work very well. And it got perfected over the years. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, well, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like people. There's. I mean, I got someone here in Austin told me. You know, Bloom, Ron Bloom. He told me that his guy in Atlanta. Oh, this guy had actually <laughs> he invented the procedure. So I'm like, this is bull crap. And we now, know, the, as far as I know, it was invented by a Russian, and I believe he's dead. Yeah, Joseph Lasik, I think his name was. No, and uh, no, but uh, also the FDA has come out later and said, "Well, this really was shouldn't have been approved." You know, no one talks about that anymore. So anyway, but the most interesting I received, several people have told me about the Bates method. Yeah, the, that's old. Yeah, I, I had well, a guy who well, convinced. I, I think he. I think. Can I? Some can I just ex explain what? Yes, let me just tell you what it is. It's so, exercising it, the eyeball muscles. So William Horatio Fellatio Bates, uh, in 1890, 1895, uh, he came out with the Bates. By the way, the guy was a master. Well, they and they also the well he got kicked out of every organization as a kook. Uh, Master Bates did. <laughs> yes, John, you're 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 just killing me with the humor today with the word the word puns. It's just you're I like killing the way me. You walked into that one. No, no, but it's like I I'm like, did he really do that? Did John just really do that one? So um, the Bates method is based on his observance that it is not the eye. Uh, muscles that no longer work, uh, and he would take a um, what do you call the uh, the device that you measure your oculence with, or the uh, hmm, hold on, I'm looking for the actual. Well, he has the the, the what's the name of this damn? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, he would measure the uh, the eye, and he would do things with light and and uh, and standing at some distance from uh, from his subject's eye. Uh, he would then. Uh, determine that the eye actually could contract and uh, and you know and go oval shape and all the things that it needed to do in order to see either distance or close up, but it's actually the brain that is trying too hard to focus at either the distance you know the, the 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 great distance or the closer distance, and that it is a matter of training your brain to see. Not the eye, that the eye actually has oh, all well, of the capability. Is the, this is not the theory that I received. Well, this is the Bates method. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's possible. I mean, I can understand it because the eye is seeing. If you if, apparently, if you actually map what the eye is seeing at any given time, you, you can actually map, map the optic nerve. You're not seeing anything. You're seeing little bits and pieces of stuff that the brain puts together. Right. I mean, that's why movies and TV works because you're not. If you actually saw what was going on, you'd see just a, a right flashes of images. Mm-hmm. So they say. So his whole whole thing is it's really. Well, actually, you're saying the whole uh, glasses business, the whole optom- you know, uh, optometry is a big scam. I'm like, <laughs> this is my kind of guy. So, <laughs> so I'm. You don't need glasses. I can't see anything. <laughs> I'm. I am. It's a scam. You're being scammed. I am following the Bates method to see how that works out. So far, not doing too well. I have to admit, <laughs> but I like the idea. And it's, well, it's, it's, well, the guy. I, there used to be a guy in. Uh, uh, Guy Cuny was a, a computer writer, and he's in, out of London. And he gave me a long lecture about their his method was the exercise method, which is that the eyeball gets pulled. Like if you're reading all the time, you're close up. It's the eyeball is is being trained to become nearsighted, mm-hmm. and that's yes. why people read yeah. a lot always get glasses real early. Yeah. And then people who are the athlete types have to see a long distance; they tend to be farsighted. Yeah, miss and it's just a matter of exercising those muscles mm-hmm. to get the eyeball to start to round up a little bit more. And I, I, it, I think that makes some sense. I don't know. I well, mean, it, it, I know that when you get older, and this could be happening to you, by the way, you're, you you begin to get more farsighted naturally. Yes. Yeah. yeah so if yeah. you're nearsighted as a kid. You get damn, you know, it's amazing that how... Well, but what I thought was interesting is that... Your eyes get pretty normal when you get older. But this um, this happened to me right after I stopped smoking. So uh, I don't believe that that was any um, difference in my eyes' ability to focus, but clearly in um, the the signals being sent to my brain, which were less clouded by whatever crap was in my, in my blood vessels. So... I, I mean, I'm kind of buying into it. He also he also says, and I, I, there's a whole book that I bought his book on the Am- <laughs> his books on the Kindle, by the way, Mr. Bates. Yeah, ten <laughs> yeah. bucks, ten bucks on Kindle, which yeah, is I, which is a scam because someone's just republishing that for free. It's you know it's obviously public domain. Um, that when you wake up from uh, sleep, um, that you you know it's hard for you to see when you first open your eyes because. Your eyes are actually not at rest when you're sleeping. You have, you have REM, rapid eye movement. Your eyes are doing a lot of stuff, so they're not relaxed at all. And um, and it really is when your eyes are at their most relaxed, when you're relaxed, and your brain is relaxed and not straining. When you strain to see, then you'll never be able to see whatever your um, your your correction issue is, your your distance problem. Well, so. I think we lost half our audience there with this discussion, but... Uh... Oh no! Well, why don't you go back to the masturbation jokes, now, John? That was that'll really keep them in. I'm trying in the to pocket. keep things lively. Well, then let me lay something on you right now. Good. So um, after the State of the Union, the president the next day did a hangout known as a oh, fire. Yeah, this, but by the way, this bothered me because it was right during our show. Yes, the fight. Well, that's why I couldn't watch it live, and even so, like a fireside chat. It was called the Fireside Hangout with the president. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Roosevelt's Fireside Chat, it is the Fireside Hangout brought to you by Google. And, um, of course, this was incredibly lame. You know, the, the, no questions were really asked that were of, you know, everything's set up. Everything's pre-programmed. You know Clarissa, who was trying to validate us on Google. You know, she's in, she's 
she's in charge of the celebrity hangout, so I'm sure she was a part of it. But there was one question that, in particular, the president's answer that caught my attention. That your administration now believes it's legal to have drone strikes on American citizens, and whether or not that's specifically allowed with citizens within the United States. And if that's not true, what will you do to create a legal framework to make American citizens within the United States know that drone strikes cannot be used against American citizens. So, so when, when this question came up, I'm like, all right, this is where it's going to go. He's going to say, oh, you know, we're going to have a, a special court, a drone court, much like the FISA court. So, you know, we, so we'll have a judge that can rubber stamp it. And, you know, then we have another branch that is, you know, has some kind of oversight, which, of course, is bullcrap since the president pretty much appoints all the judges. Um, so, so great question. That's the answer I'm expecting. Or he could just say, Hey, you know, I'm not going to drone American citizens in America, but the answer was different. First of all, I think uh, there has never been a drone used on an American citizen on American soil. And they, you know, we respect and have a whole bunch of safeguards in terms of how we conduct counterterrorism operations outside of the United States. The rules out outside of the United States are going to be different than the rules inside the United States, in part because our capacity to, for example, capture terrorists in the United States are very different. So did I just hear the president say the rules are going to be different? Well, that's exactly what he said. But that doesn't, he, he didn't say, no, we won't drone you. He just said, well, it's going to be easier to capture you probably, so we won't have to, but the rules are just going to be different. Yeah, that's what he said. He didn't say, no, we're not going to. He said, we're going to drone American citizens on American soil under different rules. Well, he never said, he never positively said that they're going to drone people I, on American I, I soil. I he just listen. said that. Uh, it hasn't happened. Wait, he said it hasn't happened yet. yet he said, made that yet, very clear. Yet, yet. And we don't need to do it here because we can grab somebody. No, he said the rules will be different. He didn't yeah, say he that. he said that too, but he never said, he never positively said we will drone people or we won't. He, he, he didn't answer the question, in my opinion. The safeguards in terms of how we conduct counterterrorism operations outside of the United States. The rules out, outside of the United States are going to be different than the rules inside the United States, in part because our capacity to, for example, capture terrorists in the United States are very different than in the foothills or mountains of Afghanistan or Pakistan. No, to me it means, yeah, I could probably drone you, just under different rules. No, I think he, he, he doesn't just say no, let's put it that way. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, of course. I mean, come on. <laughs> we know this is going to happen. And we think every, every so often, because we're always predicting it's a possibility at any at any given time. But I'm, it's going to happen. This Dorner thing would have probably been a drone job if the public hadn't turned against the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just waiting for the whole public to be, you know, in synchronous going drone, 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 Win, drone, lose drone, or drone, drone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just want to I want to set that again. Blood that th- we're bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty. We, that we are the ones who invented the game show, uh, win, lose, or drone. Uh, co-inventor uh, Sir Jeff Smith, because you know you, you have no, you have no show without uh, you know without uh, imaging. Because you know the, the mainstream media rips us off all the time. I mean, all the effing time. Did you see this Velveeta ad? <laughs> I can't imagine Kraft ripping us off. Oh. Pfft. Okay, 
So the only thing I'll, because I'll, I'll, the only visual part of the ripoff that you won't hear in this 15-second spot is the number 33 is on the display. You know that guy that's got a ham radio in his basement? He can talk to China, Mongolia, and all the Koreas. And he eats Velveeta shells and cheese. So who are you calling amateur? Liquid gold. Eat like that guy you know. Okay, liquid gold, number 33, ham radio, chiners, please. It's getting, a, you know, at least they could have uh, offered me the voiceover. Huh, well... 33. Yeah. 33 on the channel 33 on the display. Well, we might as well get into it right now. 33, of course, was rampant, rampant all over this meteorite uh, strike over Russia. 33,000 miles per hour. $33 million is what it's going to cost. I mean, everything was 33. Yeah, I know. And uh, why? What is it? What is it? What did, did the oh, oh well, because wow, we, this uh-huh. has been going on with it. People who just start listening to our show should know that we discovered this thirty three uh, kind uh-huh. of meme that that we have no idea what what its purpose is, but it always tends to indicate some sort of a sham or yes. a scam or something yes. like, or a signal, a signal, yes, a wink, wink, yes, wink, wink kind of thing, we of some sort. But we don't know who's implementing it, how it got implemented, but it shows up far too often. In fact, there used to be a segment on this show, which you s- stopped doing because it was just ridiculous. We're at a Here we go. Yeah, here it is. It's the magic number. There you go. And, and it would be endless. And it'd always be sketchy stories. Okay, so uh, do you want to? You know, I, I have a, I think a pretty solid theory on uh, why thirty three showed up around this Russian meteorite. All right, I'm because just, the, this I'm is just, clearly a thirty three type story. Obviously, first of all, as a um, as a renowned Nobel Prize winning um, astronomer, I would love to hear your. Uh, your general take on what you saw on these uh, just fascinating video. I mean, so professionally shot and so, you know, just great. What, <laughs> well, I saw like a crashing plane in one uh, video and mm-hmm. then uh, just a streak. And then all the good videos, of course, were were computer generated. Yes, yes, obviously. And then there was a few people floating around with cuts on their faces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, a thousand I never, people. I don't know. A thousand I mean, people. then they showed a big hole <laughs> yeah. in the lake. Yeah. Apparently so, this hit the lake. Now, this is what's kind of weird. So this thing hits the lake at 33,000 miles an hour, mm-hmm. Lake 33, I guess, and, it, and <laughs> yeah. it put this round, perfectly round hole in the lake. But if it was coming in with that kind of impact, it, I think it would have drained the lake. It oh, would have yeah. thrown the lake completely into the air, and it would have just been a huge mess. And it would have there wouldn't be a nice hole with ice around it. There would there would have been blown the the ice sheet would have been blown to smithereens. If this thing had hit that water at that speed, it would have evaporated half the lake and blew the rest of the lake into the into the woods. I mean, this is bull crap. Yeah, and did you notice how um, you know when when there's a cruise ship with four thousand people pooping in bags, CNN sends everyone there and they're on the scene and they're they're on the air for hours covering it live as this thing goes. Seven poop yeah. poop gate poop, poop gate. Uh, this freaking meteorite explodes with the... Oh, and by the way, 33 times the Hiroshima bomb. I've heard that one a couple times. 33 times, please. Um, 
And it's like they send one guy who happens to be in Moscow. They send him up there. And then there's a bunch of guys like, hey, what, da, 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 go back. You know, you'll fulfill here. You know, it's like a bunch of ruskies. And everyone's just accepting this. Like, this is normal. Whereas this has, the last time this happened, do you know the last event of this magnitude of an exploding meteorite? I'm surprised. The one that knocked down the forest? The, yeah. That the, was an asteroid, I think. Well, no. I've learned that an asteroid becomes a meteorite when it enters the atmosphere. Uh, but that was the Tunguska uh, Yeah, that's event. the big one. That knocked down like something like a thousand square miles of trees. Yes, and that was in uh, 1908 in uh, Siberia. And it knocked down, uh, let me see how many, because you still see the pictures of the trees. Um, and that was, a, I think that was a larger event than, than this was. But, but I just have a couple questions before I get into my theory here. Um, so when, in, when, so now the, the sound of speed is uh, 700 and what, 62 miles per hour? It was like 1200 kilometers. This, you talk about uh, this, uh, the speed of sound. sound barriers. The, the speed of sound, yeah. So the sonic boom, you know, a sonic boom takes place. Uh, over the 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 sound barrier, so of course thirty three thousand miles an hour, you know, does not mean that you get a bigger boom. I mean, I this I, I don't understand. How come when uh, you know when a jet breaks a sound barrier, you know, we don't have walls crumbling and it's. I mean, is it the speed? Is it the size of the object? Um, That's the know, distance, I think, from the, where you're hearing. I, they, we don't hear. Is it illegal to make a sonic boom in the United States? mm Hmm. Well, then I should be arrested. I should be arrested. What? I should be arrested. I made a sonic boom just this morning. And you're talking to me about the <laughs> masturbates joke? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so anyway, when I was a kid, a little kid, uh, it was still legal to fly past the speed of sound, and there were booms all the time, all day. Mm -hmm. There would be, uh, at least in California, you would hear a sonic boom three or four times a day and it was it was annoying it was a it was a loud it sounded like some blew up boom right but it wasn't it, it, it would shake the place yeah but but it, not like walls falling down and and glass you know shattering everywhere and you know i mean this no but i would assume if the, the jet was right across the street it would probably do some damage well yeah, you know, no, and then at, and how know, do they know they're at altitude and how do they know it was traveling thirty three thousand? Miles per hour. What the heck? That like a there's a cop like get it with the ray gun. You know, it's like who determines who, de who <laughs> determines all gun. this? Who who determines this? And 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 no one's asking any questions. I have tons of this is a huge event. This is not just like wow, look at that cool video. Which is the way the media is treating it. So I get all the thirty threes. I get the way the media is treating it. You know, it's like I, I start to get like really really antsy because you know this is this is not insignificant and. The timing of the thing. The meteor shower in Russia, the asteroid some 17,000 miles away. I think everyone really has two questions here. First of all, is there a connection here? And is there a difference between a meteor shower and an asteroid? Help us out. So, and so when, when the mainstream media is asking these questions, I'm happy. But they're asking it of the freaking idiot with the bow tie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, there's no connection in a sense. They are independent orbits, but there's a connection in the sense that they are both primordial objects uh, in the solar system that cross. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Stop already. Science. Exactly. So Bill Nye, the science guy, you know, he's like, oh, there's no connection. Okay. There is definitely a connection, and uh, and I think it's not that hard to figure out. 
Um, and uh, in fact, it is the elites of uh, and the, the elites. I can name them, and I shall name them, who are directly responsible for not this one, but for three events that took place. And I'm going to connect these dots for you, which the, the, for some reason it just is not not allowed to be done uh, because you know I guess if we knew the truth, we'd all be freaking out. Asteroids, which turn in, when pieces of it or when they break into the atmosphere. Uh, become meteorites are extremely, extremely valuable. Um, if you have a little piece of a, of a meteorite rock, I mean that's 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 you, that's valuable, right, John? There are people who go out and and are looking for oh, these yeah, all the time. There are meteorite hunters, yes. And if you get a big enough one, I mean, they could be worth millions of dollars. Millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Yeah. About a year ago, to date, this was the news report. They are some of the most influential and wealthiest men on the planet. Google's Larry Page and Eric Schmidt, director James Cameron, XPRIZE founder Peter Diamandis, and billionaire Ross Perot Jr. Together, these power players, along with a number of other incredible minds, plan to take on outer space. If you put two Google billionaires with a Microsoft billionaires and some astronauts together, you can't go wrong. Just what they're up to is still a mystery. They've announced they're forming a new exploration company to expand Earth's resource base, creating a new industry and new definition of natural resources. What does that mean? Diamandis gave Forbes this hint. Since my childhood, I've wanted to do one thing, be an asteroid miner. That's right. Okay. So um, the, uh, well, actually, it's just saying. mining. NASA is an agency to nowhere. And so we need private enterprise, especially people with deep pockets, to help jumpstart the program. And maybe mining the heavens is just the ticket. Okay. So these guys started a company uh, with the guy who you heard uh, saying he wanted to be an asteroid miner. He's the XPRIZE guy. And uh, their company, uh, it, their idea was or is to... Uh, get the incredible. I mean, this, we're talking billions of dollars off of an asteroid because of the uh, the minerals that are on. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable um, how much w- uh, riches can be found in an asteroid. So NASA uh, spearheaded this idea of tractor beaming. They call it a bezel beam, B E S S E L. I think the bezel beam. Uh, of tractor beaming an asteroid and being able to control where it will crash so you could then go and get it. So these a-holes knew that this thing was, so there's a definite connection with this 80-13-2012 asteroid, which came really close. They're all like, oh, wow, we got to get the tractor beam on this thing. And you can call me nuts, but all of this is pretty well documented. So they actually... But wait, wait, where is it well documented? What, the, 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 the tractor beam? Oh, you can just look yeah. at NASA's website. I have all the links in the show notes. Na- okay. Yeah, no, no, NASA beam... No, no, keep going. I NASA, want to stop your NASA show. has, you know, the three-laser approach where they're trying to tractor beam the... Uh, I'm just calling it a tractor beam, but, they're, you know, trying to control the orbit of the uh, of the asteroid and control it to crash in a controlled fashion so they know where to go and get it and hopefully so it doesn't land on someone's house. So they tried to do this with this uh, with this asteroid, and it actually uh, they wound up either splitting pieces of it off three times. So if you Google um, Rodas Cienfuegos in Cuba, they had an asteroid explode on uh, the 13th of February. 
So, or or a, a meteorite, I should say. They had the exact same event. Then we had uh, the one in Russia. And right after that, they, they tried it over uh, Northern California, John. They, 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 now, I don't know if, if it crashed or where it crashed. No one has reported on that. But they tried to get this thing three times, and all they were successful at is breaking off chunks of it with their stupid lasers, and those are now exploding into our atmosphere. That is what happened here. And for some reason, we can't talk about the other two events. We can't talk about what happened over Northern California. We can't talk about what happened over Cuba. No one is talking about that. No one. And no one is connecting the fact that these a-holes are trying to tractor beam these asteroids in. They are putting us at risk. So it's kind of like a space war. Well, borderline second half of show material, but it's it's. A, it, I, I, there, there, we do know that everything you said is accurate, but we don't. But, but you've pieced it together in a unique way that makes it sound uh, awesome. And I would also, <laughs> and I would say that the coincidence that is not that elusive. I mean, I find the same. I feel the same way about it. You you have this crazy asteroid, which, by the way, may have been guided. Yes. Early on to mm-hmm. get so to get close to get to so Earth. close, yeah, yeah, because that's pretty close. I mean, I mean, imagine you know with the, with the vastness of space that this thing comes between. It comes beneath at seventeen thousand feet. It comes beneath where most of our communication satellites are. And could have hit one, but that's another long shot. What I, what I think I always find interesting is when I come up with this story like this, which, you know, there's literally, you know, the Google guys are saying, you're heroes, hero of the stupid. You know, everyone's on the Google. Everyone's on Google+. Plus. We all love Google's great. Oh, they're awesome. SpaceX, Elon Musk, everyone's awesome. But when I actually call them what they're doing... Then I'm nuts. I'm just looking at the chat room. Uh, yeah, but the moon landing hey, happened. Stop looking at the, the moon, chat room. the moon landing happened, and I should believe all that. But this story is not is crazy. Now I'm crazy. You can't have it both way, people. You so can't. anyway, the uh, we do know they're working on this stuff, and everybody does know that these things are worth a lot of money. And uh, I'm still concerned, though. There's a couple minor issues here. I'm still concerned about the piece that sloughed off or was busted off or or was cracked off or who knows uh, that hit Russia at 33,000 miles an hour and formed a perfect hole in a lake. No, they, they didn't find anything. Life. They didn't find anything in the lake. They just showed a hole on television. They didn't They didn't find anything. They're like, oh, we can't find anything. This is a hole. Some guy was fishing for, for beaver earlier or whatever, like ice fishing, and it just it was just a hole. Or they made this bullshit. There's no meteorite that came down there. This is just showing you shit on TV, and I can't believe you're falling for it. I didn't say I'm falling for it. I'm telling you that I believe something happened in Russia, but I don't believe that hole in the ice has anything to no. do with it because it doesn't make any sense. No, I think I think the meteorite story of it exploding is probably true. Now, whether they shot it, whether it was shot out of the sky or whatever, or it ex- explodes upon impact with the atmosphere, I really They're not shooting anything out of the sky. At I that speed. I think. That this is happening because they're messing with these asteroids, trying to get them, and the, and the chunks are breaking off. But why why is no one talking about what happened in uh, in Cuba? Why is no one talking about what happened over over uh, Northern California, San Francisco? It's not it's not newsworthy. It's not not the same event. I mean, are we? I don't get it. Well, it was just a, well, they have meteor showers every so often too. There's lots of these things, and you know, people just don't talk about meteors. They're not going to, nobody's going to think that, that what you're coming, this thing you're, you've dreamed up by 
piece putting dots together that may or may not be connected. It's just that no one's. There's no way of what. How do you prove the, any of this? Oh, but prove are, that we were on the moon. Mon- prove uh, that it. we're on Mars. What? What? How do you prove any of it? How do you prove? How do you prove that it, it was? I I wasn't there. How do you even prove that it wasn't just a television fakery? I mean, you can't go down that road with me. You know better than that. Well, then we can't prove anything. This is just, we're just living in a world of dreams. Correct. There we have it. This is why I said, after Sandy Hook, this show has no value for me. It's over. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm computer generated. I'm not real. I'm not really talking to you. I didn't know if, if I'm, I could be speaking to Hal. I could be speaking to, to Watson. Yes. Go to the doctor. Anyway. So, you know, uh, look, I, I, it's, it's better than just, Showing the video over and over again and going, well, wasn't that incredible? No one's, I mean, come on. 30, 33 times the the atomic bomb dropped on uh, Hiroshima? This is not an insignificant thing to gloss over. No, I agree. And if it's, th- that, you know, was it, what, 750 kilotons? I can't remember. It was less than a megaton. Yeah. Or is Maybe even far less than that. Yeah, it was something like, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, it was enough to flatten the city. And uh, if this is 33 times bigger, it should have taken, it should have been like that tree event. At Tunguska. And, and yeah, it should not have a been single. similar at least, at least some, Mount St. Helens. Yeah, and, and, not, and how come, you know, the science guy. a hole, a perfectly round hole in a lake that people <laughs> point and go, oh, look at the hole, it's perfectly round. <laughs> it's like, it was like the, the silhouette of the planes in the Twin Towers, like Wile E. Coyote. <laughs> you know? You know how how those how the wings melted into those steel buildings? That was cool. It's just like that hole in the ice. Right, you you reorging the show. <laughs> no, uh, look, I didn't I didn't make up this meteorite. You know, I didn't I didn't in- invent this thing to happen. This is not second half of the show material. This is top of the news over and over again. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's top I of the news. Gone second half. No, 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 no. Well, you know what? I can edit it out of order. No, no, you're not editing it. <laughs> hey, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. And in the morning to all the ships at sea, boots on the ground, and subs in the water, also the feet in the air, and the dames and knights out there. And uh, in a big in the morning to Martin J.J. for producing the artwork for the previous episode of the best podcast in the universe, the No Agenda Show. Uh, NoAgendaArtGenerator.com is up and running. It accepts new uh, submissions. New artists can get on board. Thank you very much, Sir Paul for uh, fixing us up there and getting that back up and running, and we can't wait to see what we're going to have uh, later on. And, uh, you know, as uh, I said, uh, amidst all of, uh, amidst all of, uh, all of this craziness uh, that's going on, uh, we're, uh, we're moving uh, to, a new, uh, to a new house, and uh, I need a name for it, actually. I can't be calling uh, it Camp Mofo anymore, since, you know, this is kind of the camp, and now we're moving uh, in town. Um, I need to, I need some suggestions for a new name. Uh, I don't have anything. I don't even have a good name for my own operation. <laughs> what do you mean? You have the Buzzkill Bunker. I like that. Yeah, it's up north. Oh, okay. Well, how about this is the... northern uh, Silicon Valley, but, you know... Why don't we just call it the Vault? The Vault? Yeah. Your place? No, your place. No, it's not the Vault. Yeah, it is, because it's your archive. It's in the Vault. Everything's in. Everything there is an archive. 
<laughs> I'm an archivist. Or we could call it the from the archive, the Buzzkill archive. <laughs> or we could call it the den, as in the hamster den. No, no, no dens. I like dens. the I like the no, Buzzkill. Not in the Midwest with the den. Oh, <laughs> we go. I'll meet you in the den, Chip. <laughs> Biff, I'm Biff. Biff. Uh, well, then maybe we keep it at uh, the, yeah, the vault. Yeah, the name for your own place before you start projecting to me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Didn't know you were going to get all huffy about it. All right. So I ended up. Do we well, have? Do you have any? Yeah, let's do our executive producers here. Uh, we do have a few. Good. Uh, let's do that. Let me open the spreadsheet. Oh, oh, here's a good one. Adam's luxury house. Yeah, that's great chat room. Go fuck yourself. Adam's luxury house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a cottage. We didn't get the mansion, by the way. That that fell through. That wonderful deal. Yeah, it was a scam. <laughs> that was you, a you scam. Were, you were all, what I liked is you were so jacked up and giddy, <laughs> and just only to have the rug pulled out from underneath. Well, these Texans are going. Hey, we got another city slicker. Suckered. <laughs> See, they didn't get no money out of me though. Yet. <laughs> Sir Jason, we want to thank from uh, Marlton, New Jersey, yeah. 488. Sir Jason here asking for some uh, courtroom karma. Mm. I need all the help I can get. No further comments. Keep up the good work. Wow. Okay. Well, of course, uh, we always want to hook a Jersey boy up, and he is coming in with the uh, the magic number for the show, 488. Thank you very much. Here you go with some courtroom karma. You've got karma. <laughs> Drone Target 33. I think that's a good name for it. What was it? Drone Target number 33. <laughs> Drone Target. Yeah. I like it. Get some of that paint. Adam City Slicker Chateau. I think you should get some of that the reflective, that, that IR paint, and put a big X on the roof. <laughs> no, Target. Not an X, a Target. Adam Sl City Slicker Chateau, the Crackpot Cabana. That's Ooh. not bad. That's pretty good. I'm the, liking that one. Yeah, the crackpot cabana. <laughs> the bunga bunga bungalow. No, I don't like that. Crackpot cabana. That's kind of cool. Well, yeah. All right. Wilford Kessler in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, 288. He'll be associate executive producer for show 488. Yesterday evening, I went out for a walk in the park with my son. No, 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 no. Wilford is 288. I said 288. You said four. 488. You said, yeah, okay. All right. I, I think you said it wrong. doesn't matter. No, no. If you listen to the tape, you'll see I said 288, then I said, let me rewind the tape, okay? <laughs> let me just rewind the reel-to-reel. -reel. <laughs> I'll rewind that tape. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just thought you said Yesterday it wrong. Yesterday evening, I went for a walk in the park with my son. We noticed someone sitting at a picnic table wearing an I'm not Dorner t-shirt and a no agenda cap this is in lebanon pennsylvania we should mention yeah and a no agenda cap worn backwards hmm as we approached i could see a wire strung up in the tree a fellow no agenda ham oh, awesome <laughs> he appeared to be operating an sdr rig and his voice strangely familiar as i muttered something about a repeater i called out to him itm brother what kind of rig are you running there he replied, this is my curry fry hooked up to a raspberry pie working some dude's QRP on the JT-65. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> As he turned his head and winked, I realized it was John. At this point, I knew it was a dream and woke in a feverish sweat. Ha! <laughs> Not before Leo's head appearing, shouting, denier. 
rebuke, rebuke Anne in a Reverend Manning voice. Jeez, what the hell is a NyQuil in these? What's in a NyQuil these days? Uh, just some moving karma for Adam and Mickey. Please hope this SDR project is going well. It's going very well, thank you. I've connected the uh, the Wi-Fi portion, so it actually now uh, I'm getting a Lego box for my prototype, and uh, so I can uh, put it all in uh, one nice little enclosure, and then I'm going to pitch it to a couple guys and see if we can get it made. So uh, I shall be doing a screen uh, cast, I guess, of this uh, soon. It's pretty cool. He needs, a, he needs you to get a karma. Yeah, we'll take it. Thank you. You've got karma. Sir Philip Flick in Santa Fe, New Mexico, 26669. Hey, uh, Adam and John, my donations recently have been meek. It's tricky financing a wedding without the help of a paparazzi money. <laughs> but after careful budgeting and plenty of mac and cheese at the eager behest of Her Royal Highness, I'm honored and humbled to be able to donate to the best podcast in the universe. I appreciate hearing some stories about how lousy providers, how lousy providers visits. Yeah, are. the doctor, 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 provider, doctor. Oh, okay. How lousy providers visits are and dealings with insurance companies is my situation doesn't seem as bad as it used to be before. First off, I'd like to make a special re- request since I'm over 6'6", instead of being called Sir Philip Flick, at the No Agenda Roundtable, I would instead rather be titled Sir Tallest Knight. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I Next, think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any knights out there that are taller than 6'6", six, six, let us know. Next, I would like, as a mac and cheese Dr. Kiki Karma for my upcoming wedding and the success of the CPA exam. Sincerely, Sir Tallest Knight. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese. Shut up already. Science. You've got karma. Our $9 comes from the Juiced Writers. Uh, Tora Harris, actually, from San Diego, California. I've been a boner since show one. <laughs> wow. Long-time yeah, boner. Yeah. A few shows back, you mentioned a utility bicycle and asked why no one makes one. Well, we make exactly such a thing at Juice Riders, Inc. Oh. We even have an electric model that can go over 40 miles on a 10-cent charge. Please mention my bike startup, Juiced Riders. Dot com. We listen all the time in the shop. Oh. Please de-douche me and one hit of car. You know, most of the guys who have been boners for 488 shows uh, do not get a de-douching. And they, most of them say, I don't, I'm not clear yet to be de-douched. So you want to give him a de-douching or not? Uh, yeah, I'll give him the de- I'm just looking at his, uh, I love the dichotomy. This is, these, they look kind of dorky, these electric bikes. I've seen uh, them around. Yeah. Um, I love the dichotomy of freedom of control. <laughs> That's very funny. I like that. Yeah, I'll de-douche him. I'll give him some karma. Absolutely. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. I love the the payload on there. What are these? these they can't be cheap. These things got to be expensive. Oh, they're just the bicycle. Uh, it looks kind of... It's. I mean, what I like is the the carrier in the back uh, is really a part of the frame. So it's it's really, you know, it's it's a hardcore utility bike. It's very nice, actually. Uh, yeah. Oh, that. Oh. You see, oh, see yeah. how? No, I've seen these things. It's got a battery pack in it. Yeah. It's a nice bike. 
Yeah, I bet you it costs a hundred. What does it cost? Let's see, hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, two thousand dollars. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. not what we had in mind. No. <laughs> Where did we go wrong? <laughs> a good, nice bike, though. I, I wish you karma with your uh, with your uh, with your operation. A little too rich for my. Uh, this is this is for hipster douchebags. Hipster douchebags. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So JC and uh, Jesse. Buzzkill Jr. and his fiance. Whoa, 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 What? Fiance? It's always been the fiance. Oh, I no. Said that no, 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 yeah, no. You weren't paying attention. It was girlfriend before. I, well, I, I know. Girlfriend's a better word for me. But anyway, let's go back to what I was going to say. They were in Detroit for a week. Because <laughs> her father had a birthday or something. No, she's from Detroit. And he <laughs> says that the hipsters in the area are all black. They're yeah. black hipsters. Yeah. And they're all over Detroit, and they have a completely different take on everything. That, you know, hipsters see things differently. They see the world through hipster eyes. and uh, But the idea of black hipsters, to me, is just unbelievably ludicrous. Well, I don't understand. I, I, I don't see, uh, I mean, what do you mean? I, I, just, I, I, I see mean, hipsters. The, 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 I've seen. I'm, I'm in California. We deal with blacks that are around Oakland, and they wouldn't be drinking Perhaps blue ribbon. Just, and, you're and so it, full of crap. What are you talking about? There's not a black hipster in the area. What are you talking about? How about the guy at Mevio who was doing design? He was a black hipster. I mean, are you are you what out of, are you insane? Design? The the designer guy. The um, we had black hipsters all the time. Anyone who worked at Mevio was a hipster. We had Indian hipsters. We had Chinese hipsters. What are you talking about? What, what are you talking bullshit. about? You're Concept? Do you ever see the the show Portlandia where no, hipsters are no. highlighted? No, I'm sorry, I don't have time for that. I'm watching C-SPAN. Yeah, hipsters. It's, I'm not it, sure that you know what a hipster is. I certainly do know what I a hipster challenge is. Challenge your sociological insight on this. What is a hipster? Then tell me. A hipster is someone who um, is borderline douchebag, but has cooler toys to go with it. Uh. There is a, uh, I'm telling you, I, but hipster is not determined by color. I, I just disagree. I don't think that there's. Well, I, I'm saying it. There, there's black hipsters and they're in the D Detroit. They're not around here. I didn't say there weren't any. I just thought it was odd because it doesn't make sense to anyone from California that there'd be a black hipster. Yeah, well, now you're getting into a, 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 a socioeconomic a conversation where the milieu, as you like to call it, where the where you travel in just has very few black people. You're just face it, you're a cracker with cracker friends and a cracker milieu. <laughs> I and have cracker a cracker friend I'm talking to. <laughs> and you live in Crackerville. In northern Kraken Crackenfornia. Seriously. That's okay. We now I just wanted to find out if you knew what a hipster was and apparently you well, don't. What James is, Von no, 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 stop. What Temple, is it? Texas. Stop. What is a hipster? You tell me then. I don't know. I don't know. Go to Wikipedia. No, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. ITM, John and Adam, it's a bonus time at my job since you two knuckleheads keep me thoroughly educated and entertained while I slave through my day. You've earned your piece of the pie. Please give my wife a MILF LGY as she is incubating our next human resource and I would assume he wants a karma with that. That's one mother I'd like to Wow! You've got karma. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. So, so I guess 
Why? Did he want it a MILF LGY? I, I guess LGY has become a acceptable term now. I'm just stunned that you, that you know you you're like I just wanted to see if you knew what a hipster was. What is this bullshit? Do you I tell, didn't say that. Tell me, that's what you just said. No, I said you don't know what a hipster. You is just, what I just said. John. Okay, you just said I just wanted to see if you knew what a hipster was. You literally just said that. I, you have to rewind the tape to prove that to me. <sighs> and then and I say, well, what is it then? I don't know. And I'm waiting for you to tell me. And you tell me to go to Wikipedia. It's a very it's a it's a it's a subculture. Right. It's extremely complex. It's not just some guys with whatever you said, good taste and they and they dress well or whatever. The I two, didn't say the any of that. Sub definitions. I didn't say any of that. Well, it didn't say what you said again. I said it's like a douchebag with better toys. That's what I said. And, and then you're like, well, I just want to see if you knew what you don't know what a hipster is. I just want to see if you know what a hipster is. And, and uh, well, excuse me. I th- but I said, I don't think hipster is uh, is only white. And, you know, at Detroit, it's uh, it's a pretty, you know, especially after the, the demise of the city, it's an urban black uh, community. So, of course, you can have hipsters there. But you have hipsters every I mean, I just didn't understand what you were saying. And now it's like, you know, you don't know what a hipster is. Well, I, tell me what it is. You can't tell me either. Well, I'll read it from the Urban Dictionary. Then. Oh, well, okay. If you want to cheat, sure. <laughs> of course. Okay. I told you it's a, it's a complex subculture. It's nothing you can just say two things. They're douchebags with better, with better toys. I mean, that is not what a hipster is. I mean, I, I understand what a douchebag with better toys is, but that seems more like a Silicon Valley guy. They're all that. Okay. Then tell me what it is. You know, you, you actually have to read it. I, I, this is longer than the longest messages. You really have to read this or, or I don't right. know. I mean, I can spot a hipster when I see one. We have a bunch of uh, hipster bars in Berkeley. It's anyway, a, thank you all very much. In their 20s fine, and 30s fine. that value independent thinking, counterculture, progressive politics, an appreciation of art and indie rock, creativity and intelligence and witty ban- banter. That's not my best definition either. The greatest concentrations of hipsters are found living in Williamsburg, Wicker Park, and the Mission District in San Francisco. And all of Portland, I might add, which is not in here. This is not a good definition. Right. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm done with it. I'm tired. I don't care. Good. You brought up this thing in the middle of the donation segment. I was going to tell you some funny stuff that, it, that he came across, but you wouldn't let me. It's not but funny. Black hipsters, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. And it completely, whatever I was going to say is... <laughs> you don't even remember what you were going to say. <laughs> okay. You, you you said it. You said all the hipsters were black, and I was like, "That's what you interrupted the donation segment for." I'm sorry. That's all. And there was more. There was something related to. It. I just didn't get it. Yeah, because you wouldn't let me finish. <gasps> okay. Well, I'll, I'll wait. Then. Anyway, that's all we have for our executive producers for show 488. I want to remind people to go to dvorak.org/na to hear more of this bickering. Come back to the show on Thursday. We'll have another live presentation at nine. But uh, we do need some help, so give us a uh, some thought. Channeldvorak.com/na. Noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com have donate buttons. You can click on those. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Well, if you're a hipster or not, you can always go out and propagate the formula. Put your hat on backwards. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Order. 
Okay, I got one for you. I have an Ask Adam. Oh, uh, gee, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not really feeling the love right now. Okay. We won't do it then. You know, because uh, I'm not letting you say whatever incredibly funny thing you're going to say, and I, I'm oh, quit denying bickering. you. Oh, okay. All right, so while you were doing, uh, while you are sitting there sulking for some unknown reason, uh, and by the way, you could look up the hipster and doula research. Uh, I was spending all my time listening to the hearings on the um, military budget, and I have never seen anything like these guys complaining bitterly. But in the process of listening to all the hearings, I found out a couple of interesting things because these guys can't stop talking, and so they kind of throw in certain kinds of weird information out of the blue. And I got a couple of clips here. I want to, maybe you can figure this out, but play the talking too much clip and tell me what this might be about. Yeah, thanks, Senator. And I should mention, by the way, that in addition to the effect in the Pacific of the Army, we're also, we're, we're in the process of moving significant Marine, United States Marine Corps forces into the Pacific. And I mean, General Amos can speak to that. What? They're moving the Marines to the Pacific? Why? I don't know. I thought that was peculiar that they're... But I also thought it was peculiar that he's talking out of class. You know, I, uh, unlike your snide remark, I did watch these hearings uh, all uh, all day, actually, as I was uh, packing. And uh, this the only thing that is going on, well, there's only two things going on here. Uh, one is someone at some point in the history of the United States Armed Forces decided it would be cooler if the general's uh, epaulets were, instead of on their shoulders, were going over their shoulders. I don't know when this started, but it makes them look very cool like they're in Starfleet Command or something. Um, so this is the one thing that's happened. Uh, the second thing is they're all up there bullshitting about increase cuts in their increase in spending and they are f trying to frighten everyone by saying oh we won't have a war machine we won't be able to protect the homeland oh the terrorists are gonna get the airplanes it's all gonna become crashing down we're all gonna die if you sequester us that's all that that's all i saw over and over and over again yes exactly <laughs> yeah and but the play the well, here's here's a couple different ones. I got these guys. These guys are whining, and you have to realize that the sequester. Well, let's get the actual. What is the number of what? Play forty six billion is the number. Okay. For some reason, my pad is not cooperating. Uh, the uh, problem comes in two tiers. Uh, the first is that sequestration, uh, which is scheduled to kick in in just two weeks' time, requires us to subtract from our budget for the remainder of fiscal year 13, $46 billion. Okay. Now, if you keep that in mind and you realize that the budget for, uh, for 2013 is $615 billion, that is 7%. Right. So now play Air Force 30% and tell them and try to deconstruct what they're saying. If it's 7%, why are they why are they going nuts? That deprives our Air Force of over 31.5 million man hours of productivity and specialized expertise this year. 
It will result in a loss of over 200,000 flying hours. While we will protect flying operations in Afghanistan and other contingency areas, nuclear deterrence and initial flight training, roughly two-thirds of our active duty combat Air Force units will curtail home station training beginning in March and will drop below acceptable readiness levels by mid-May. Most will be completely non-mission capable by July. <laughs> Sequestration will cut 30% of our remaining weapon system sustainment funds, which means we'll need to postpone approximately 150 aircraft and 85 engines from depot induction, creating a backlog that could take years for us to recover. The Air Force's global vigilance, reach, and power make it one of America's premier asymmetric advantages. But strategic agility and responsiveness require a high state of readiness. Sacrificing that readiness jeopardizes the many strategic advantages of air power. And from a parochial Air Force perspective, sequestration will have an immediate effect on our ability to respond to multiple concurrent operations around the globe, something we've been asked to do many times in the past along with our sister services. Longer term, sequestration cuts to Air Force modernization will impact every one of our investment programs. These program disruptions will, over time, cost more taxpayer dollars to rectify contract breaches and, and time delay inefficiencies, raise unit costs, and delay delivery of validated capabilities to warfighters in the field. <laughs> We're all going to die. He's going to die. We're all going to die. Seven percent. How does seven percent equate to cutting back everything by two thirds and then dropping like firing thirty percent of everybody? We're, what I, I'm not. I got to get a pen and try to explain to me how seven percent equates to what he just said. No, it doesn't. Um, and th th the whole thing is, uh, and there was repeats of it this morning. It's just irksome. It's just irksome that people are sitting up there lying. And I mean, it's I mean, come on, man. It's a it's a freaking show. All the, the the they're in Congress and people are just asking them stupid questions. They don't give a crap. If have you watched House of Cards yet? Have you been able to see that? Have you seen? You know, you're episode? like that. that this would be like number seventy-eight of people, right? I only, I only mentioned. I go to see my doctor, just a regular routine appointment, and he asks me if I went, to, if I've seen House of Cards. Your provider. It's like supposed to be the most popular show in the world. Your provider, you mean? My provider. Yes, your provider. Well, no, but it specifically shows you how um, how it works. You know, which bases get closed. Which it's you know, look. They're, they're not even lying about it. The military, the military industrial complex is the single largest employer in the United States and maybe in the universe. I mean, this is this is our economy. This is everything. So when it's 200, you know, and look, these and it's, it's an across the board cut. So it's just like you don't get to like, uh, you know, uh, get rid of a couple drones, you know, it's everything. It's it's employment. So, of course, this has been the setup from day one. I'm convinced the United States is meant to go into a spiral. And this, by the way, was the president's idea. It was his yeah. idea, this sequestr sequestration. I know, and, they, and he's de now he denies it. It's his idea. I mean, come on, we all saw it. We all heard him. It was his idea. And it, he is he is the Antichrist here to b take us down into the blackest hall of death. So, so here's the Undersecretary of State. Now, again, we remember 7%, 7%. Somehow he equates this with 20%. <laughs> Wait, Wait a minute. Fifth. And then, by the way, he's, <laughs> then he's going to become a martyr, and I guarantee he'll never do what he says in this one-fifth uh, uh, give-back uh, clip. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. 
to institute a process of furloughing them, uh, which we will uh, do consistent with the law and our requirements to you. But the net of it is that many of them uh, will be furloughed for as many as 22 days before now, uh, before April 1st, say, and the end of the year. In other words, a fifth of their paycheck uh, gone. So that's a real human impact. And I've said, uh, uh, I. I can't be furloughed under the law because I'm a presidential appointee, uh, but I'm going to give back a fifth of my salary in the last seven months of the year if other people in the department are getting sequestered. So there's bullcrap. So now one fifth of the sal- of your salary is twenty percent. How does that equate to the seven percent, which is the calculation of, the, of what the sequester is? All right, so now I understand why you mock me and all because you know you had you did all this work. You should I should have just let you start the show every single time so that you're in the right mind frame. You know, move it along. I get it. They're lying. What's the next? What's the next lie? Well, okay. Well, I just want to do the big lie then. Okay. Okay. We have a, a defense budget of six hundred eighteen billion dollars. Play the six hundred eighty-seven billion dollar clip. I, I, I understand, Mr. Chairman, and I've long understood that the Department of Defense must contribute to the resolution of the nation's fiscal situation, and that is why we have accommodated uh, four hundred eighty-seven billion dollars in cuts uh, last year. What? And- <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me play that back. Let me rewind the tape. Hold on. Dollars. <laughs> oh, crap. I have to rewind even further. Hmm. Situation. And that is why we have accommodated uh, $487 billion in cuts. Uh, maybe, but maybe he's talking about over a 10-year period. Because that, that's what it seems he to be. He specifically says last year. Uh, last year. Yeah, but I, th- I think he's saying that last year they accommodated for the $487 billion in cuts over a 10-year period. But it sounds good this way. And before that, under Secretary Gates, uh, made uh, several hundred billion dollars of additional cuts in defense spending, uh, largely by removing unneeded or underperforming programs. We're also making, as you referenced... Uh, Hold on a second. So he says there's another $200 billion that we've taken out of the budget for unnecessary programs. How is that a cut? <laughs> hey, I have a house across the street that is, that's burning to the ground. I think I should sell it because I'm not, I, never, I never go there. I never use it. It's not, not necessary that I own it. Yeah. It's bull crap. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but it's not getting play. any play, you see, because we've had, you know, asteroids exploding and, and people pooping in bags on ship decks, on the poop deck. This is not, no one cares. No one cares anymore. So They don't care. So the question that's always been on my mind, I got two more things to, to point out here. One, the question has always been on my mind is why the Republicans turned on one of their own, Chuck Hagel. Oh, because he's an a-hole, and the guy is a confused baboon. I think you've bought into it. Well, my... For uh, one thing, let's let, my, one of the things that keeps coming up, oh, well, he doesn't know how to manage his way out of a paper bag. He, this is the world's biggest corporation. He doesn't know how to manage anything. It's a, it's a figurehead job. No, I think something else. I, I, what I actually believe is that uh, this guy is meant to fail. They've got someone waiting in the wings. It's kind of the Condoleezza Rice, uh, uh, con- the Susan Rice uh, strategy. Let someone, you know, throw someone out there who's meant to fail, 
and then pop up someone, you know, because John Kerry, boom, he got confirmed. The guy's in. That that took no no time at all for that big waterhead to get in there. And immediately, you know, they turned around and his wife sold uh, uh, everything to Buffett. You know, it, it's all coincidental, I'm sure. So, I think it's I think it's because the guy's a threat, and all and this my and this is an interesting part of the hearings. Mike Lee, that guy from Utah, mm-hmm. who's I think is just hilarious. Yeah, he he brought up something that first of all, this is the Senate, so the Senate's run by the Democrats, so they won't give any Republican much time to do anything. So Mike Lee's told him make sure he's within the time frame because they got to get to this woman who's got some who just comes on essentially does everything short of uh, i mean she just throws roses at at these guys and you know that they they rush to her so he's asked actually a really good question he gets it out of his mouth within uh one minute and 10 seconds according to the tape and (laughs) he asked for this joint chiefs to say something about this did they never do that associate that that assistant secretary the undersecretary the guy who just said that they saved 687 billion last year uh he's hogs the next two minutes with a bunch of bullshit, which I cut short. I just cut it off. But what's really funny is when he asked the question and he asked the Joint Chiefs to say something, they all kind of giggle. So this is the Mike Lee versus clip? Yeah. Question, so please, if you would, Senator Lee, stick right to that. So Senator Gillibrand will be next. Great. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairman. And I will be as brief as I as I can possibly be here. Uh, on December uh, in December 2012, uh, Senator Chuck Hagel, the nominee to become the Secretary of Defense, sat for an interview with Financial Times. And when he was asked uh, about outgoing Secretary Panetta's comments that budget sequestration would be disastrous to national defense, um, Senator Hagel replied as follows. The Defense Department, I think, in many ways has been bloated. The Defense Department has gotten everything it's wanted <laughs> the last 10 years and more. We've taken priorities. We've taken dollars. We've taken programs we've taken policies out of the State Department, out of a number of other departments, and put them over in defense. The abuse and waste and the fraud is astounding. I think the Pentagon needs to be pared down. I think we need the Pentagon to look at their own priorities. We are pressed for time, so I, I, I would, if I could, like to have each of the Joint Chiefs go down the line and just briefly, if, if you can answer with a yes or no, answer whether you agree with this general characterization that Senator Hagel made, um, uh, that would be great. <laughs> I, 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 let me, I'm not a member of the Joint Chiefs, so let me, let me try. It's a good question. Uh, it's a fair question. Um, and I, I don't, I can't speak for, for, for Senator Hagel, uh, but. Uh, okay, a little anticlimactic. So he doesn't, I know, because it just, it's all he does is drone on about nothing. And then the time is done, and the, not one joint chief guy, one, any of the chiefs of any of the, uh, of the okay, armed so, forces so, says anything. It's, it's prediction time on the McLaughlin Group. Predictions. John Cedarborg, what do you think will happen? Nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, you have to. So the. They have like ten days or two weeks or whatever, and then if uh, if we haven't worked out, a, which which will not happen, I'm sure, then sequestration goes in. So, what do you think? Will it be another uh, kick it, kick the can down the road? That's my bet. Yeah, yeah. How will they do it this time, though? Just with some new phony baloney legislation? I have no idea. They yeah. always have a new trick up their sleeves. Well, uh, this is what we were we were warned for. We were warned about the military industrial complex. And uh, here you are. Uh, it's taken over. In 2001, 
Donald Rumsfeld uh, the day before 9-11 uh, said, hey, there's $2 trillion unaccounted for at the Pentagon. Uh, and, of course, there's still no no audit. No one knows what's going on. Um, but here in the uh, United States of Gitmo Nation, we're perfectly happy with that. And because, uh, you know, we've got our house of cards on our Netflix and we can go see the fake version of uh, what's going on. And uh, everyone is pacified and the history is told uh, through the telescreens. You know, Lincoln, uh, that's exactly how it went down. You know, we're going to put that DVD into all the schools and teach all the little slaves exactly how it's working. Except for the few people, and I say few, who listen to this program, and there are others, but not many, and we're dwindling, and uh, understand that you are totally living inside the Matrix, and this is all one big show. So, So watching this... And and then playing the clips, you know, to cut them down a little bit, something emerged that I thought was another thing out of class that I didn't know about this. I, I, I've i heard about it. Uh, it's like kind of baffling. We know about the New World Order and all this sort of thing. But I, there's this thing called the defense strategy. And I have three clips. This is the first time it was mentioned or the second one of the two. But this is the first mention I have here. First mention of a defense strategy. And that kind of piqued my interest. Okay. Your term, which you have this year in the next few months, is a true crisis in military readiness. If the caps imposed that accompany sequester are continued for the next 10 years, as is uh, uh, the plan in the Budget Control Act, we were going to have to change our national defense strategy. Those cuts are too large too sustained uh, for us to uh, implement the strategy that we crafted under the president's guidance just one year ago. Oh, wait a minute. Is this a Gantt chart I have missed somewhere? Did, did someone yeah, have a, I think you have. Is, is there a PowerPoint of this defense strategy? What is the, here's what I think the strategy is. It's a big funnel. And uh, and that funnel is, a, is all of the human resources of America go in that funnel and then meet pink slime comes out the bottom which feeds their machine well that's possible but that's not it it turns out here's this let's play the second mention again of the defense strategies apparently they're really preoccupied with this is the problem this whatever this is of equal concern we will irre- irreversibly damage the industrial base that we depend upon to build and maintain our ships and aircraft under these circumstances we assess your navy will be limited in its ability to provide the capability and capacity called for in the current defense strategy. The Navy will be unable to execute all the naval force requirements of the combatant commanders. Yeah, the national defense strategy seems to be yes. seems to be well, out there. Seems to be very clear what this is. It's pretty right, big. and it turns out that the Marine guy, who's, who's who seems to be you know just a stiff character, is just very serious about everything. He outlines the defense strategy that I didn't know we had. Uh, where does he do, in, in which uh, tape does he do this? It says defense strategy outlined. Oh, that one. Full risk, risk to our strategy, <clears throat> risk to our forces risk to our people, and lastly, risk to our nation. Regarding strategy, maintaining a free international economic system and a just international order are linchpins <laughs> to our defense strategic guidance. Hi, everybody. <laughs> the effects of disruption to this global order are readily observed. You can see the effects of the global order being disturbed. In roller coaster energy prices, 
fluctuating global markets, sovereign behavior, and economic uncertainty. You must stop with sovereign behavior. You must all give your sovereignty to us. Failing to provide leadership and the collective security of this global order would have significant economic consequences for the American people. Worse, a lapse in American leadership would create a void in which old threats would be unaddressed and new security challenges would find room to grow. All right. Here it is. <sighs> By the way, I wasn't he goes ready on for it. On. Now, wait and a minute. Wait. Shh, 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 shh. Clip of the day. That is an okay. evergreen. That is an evergreen. This is, I mean, Global. this is it's Hitler. This guy is Hitler. Literally. Global order. Yeah, but do you hear what he's saying? Yes, I know. And by the way, if you if if I clipped the rest of this, which was went on and on, uh, not this was the main part. He uses the same sovereignty gag you just said. About he says the sovereignty issue it's a problem. You know, in other words, these other countries they, they, they hey, people hey. have to kowtow to us <laughs> on the new global order so we keep our prices low. That's unbelievable. Yeah, this is it. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is the true president of the United States speaking to you. Who is this guy? This is the head, uh, the chief of the Marines. Oh, okay. Well, he's, he's the big boss. He knows what's going on. He, he, well, he shouldn't have said this. I, I thought that he was out of out of school or play, whatever the term is, where you're talking outside the, you know, you're outside the ring and you're you're letting, it, you're letting the truth out. <laughs> Just, so, oops. <laughs> no, but it's a written statement. He's reading from a written statement. It's obviously that it's obvious that he's reading. But I mean, I mean. You know what? I, do you mind if we just do it again and take it bit by bit? Because this is, this is, this is what the, the president of the United States really is uh, is representing. He is, of course, uh, all presidents are figureheads. These are the guys who really run the show. You know. Oh, by the way, coincidentally, the ones who have all the guns. Full risk. Let's just let's do it again. Risk to our strategy. <clears throat> risk to our forces. Risk to our people. And lastly, risk to our nation. So uh, notice who's last. The, the nation. It's risk to his strategy, risk to his people, risk to his arms, risk to all of his stuff. And then lastly, he even says, and then lastly, the bottom, you know, right behind where I poop on, that's the nation. So this is the arrogance and the hubris of this cocksucker. Regarding strategy. Maintaining a free international economic system and a just international order are linchpins to our defense strategic guidance. Now, when he, says, when he says free, does he mean like free as in beer or does he mean free as in mm, our way? What do you think? You know, this whole thing was uh, I've listened to this, this clip a lot of myself and it's like it's just the weirdest thing I've ever heard that. I don't know what he means. I, I think, mean, it's like I, I think the word no free. Freedom. I mean, you know, essentially we're forcing. You know, this is the old well. As long as, long as they form a democracy that we approve of, uh-huh. and oh, we'll make sure that the right guy gets elected. Exactly. Right that, no, that's exactly what it is. It's like you will be free. Freedom is slavery. Slavery is freedom. Black is white. This is double speak. So free means you have to be free of tyrants and whatever else we can free you from. That's what it, I totally agree. The effects of disruption to this global order are readily observed in roller coaster energy prices, fluctuating global markets, sovereign behavior, and economic ah, uncertainty. So, first of all, sovereign behavior. Here's two things were in there. One, 
screw the free market because this causes these up and down spikes. Crazy roller coaster. What a free market capitalist yes. system does exactly always. And, and by the way, we he can't should, have that. He should be he should be blowing up the uh, the uh, the the gas station dudes, the refineries. I mean, these they're setting the prices. And and another bad thing he mentions that little clip you should play again. Sovereign behavior. Yeah, don't be so. Are you crazy? Are you trying to be sovereign? <laughs> so this means a number of things. Can I tell you that there's a double meaning to this? Have you heard of the sovereign man movement? Yeah. That's yeah. part of this. That's I'm telling you when yeah. you cuz of course you and you're sovereign, I'm sovereign. Uh, every in, human being should be a sovereign person. Yeah, this will get us droned. This is this he <laughs> it's a problem that people are behaving like they're sovereign, not just nations. Because he doesn't say sovereign. Does he say sovereign nations, or just say sovereign behavior? Sovereign behavior. Behavior. So if you're just you're just trying to be a sovereign human being, you need to submit. Slave. Risk. Risk to our strategy. Risk to our forces. Risk to our people. Oh, sorry, I went back. I rewound the tape a little too far, but it's good. And it lastly, matter. risk to our nation. Regarding strategy. uses the word lastly. Lastly. Yeah, I told you. It's like lastly, the bottom, underneath the poop. Maintaining a free international economic system and a just international order are linchpins. I love the just international order. Just. It's got to be fair and righteous and just according to our rules. For defense strategic guidance. The effects of disruption to this global order are readily observed in roller coaster energy prices, fluctuating global markets, Sovereign behavior and economic uncertainty. I'm telling you, his sovereign behavior, he's talking about people trying to be, and he's not talking about countries. This is, you're right, this is the drone clause. Failing to provide leadership in the collective security of this global order. <laughs> we are coming for your bicycles. Would have significant economic consequences for the American people. Wow. Wow. Worse, the lapse in American leadership would create a void in which old threats would be unaddressed and new security challenges would find room to grow. Now, this is very interesting. This, this, I think something big is he's saying the lack of leadership. In other words, you know, if we get rid of the president or if the president, lame duck, basically the president has no, you know, has no say in the matter, then I think, I think he's saying that that you know there will be chaos or you know like martial law or you know one of the this this is the stuff that makes people crazy by the way this kind of talk consequences for the american people okay help me with this last bit john before you go into that deconstruction there's something he said in there i just thought of that he says what what he the basis of what he's even talking about is the sequestration he's going to and the other guy same thing is going to screw up this so-called defense strategy, which is not a defense strategy, it's a it's a it's a very aggressive. It's a money-making kind of, strategy. Well, you call some a strategy, or defense is really offense, an offensive strategy. He says, <laughs> "Yeah, go go kick everyone's ass and take their shit." <laughs> he says that there's there's this fluctuate, these crazy fluctuations. Wait a minute, in the in the gas prices, crazy. For example, it's crazy. We've got to we've got to stop that. But they're already right as we speak. All the fluctuations have taken place before the sequestration, so they haven't done anything about it. In other words, we had all this. We had the big budget, and we now we, and then the gas prices are flying around, which is no good. 
And now it's gonna, they're going to start, the gas prices are going to start flying around, which is no good if they take some more money away from us. No, 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 that's not true. I think he's saying something different. I think he was, he clearly said that we're seeing evidence of this lack of leadership is already leading to, you know, what we have in the world and we need to do, we need to, to continue on the path, our strategy to stop the crazy free market system and the sovereign citizen system the sovereign citizen movement, we have to stop that. That's what I'm hearing him say. It's like, you know, we're on a mission. This is the mission. This is why we're in Africa. This is why we're all over Asia. This is why we're all over the Middle East. Is where th- These guys truly believe that in order for America, for America, their America, their stars and stripes and apple pie and no anal sex America, that th- that, that has to be uh, annihilated. We have to have... Calm and peace and smooth sailing and a glass ocean and a nice breeze and none of this crazy stuff that is caused by by Arabs. I mean, these guys are insane, John. This this guy should be taken out of his job immediately and locked in irons. These people are dangerous. And here's the kicker, kind of this guy, the head of the chief of the Marines, the chief of staff of the Marines. The earlier clip by the Joint Chiefs of Staff head, the little uh, guy, uh, uh, Gabby Hayes, uh, they're moving the Marines to Asia. Remember the earlier clip? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Some, something is up. Um, the Mediterranean, specifically, I thought he said. thought it was the Mediterranean. No, 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 he says they're moving the Marines to Asia. Mm, let's just listen to it again. Yeah, thanks, Senator. And I should mention, by the way, that in addition to the effect in the Pacific of the Army, we're also we're, we're in the process of moving significant Marine, United States Marine Corps forces into the Pacific. And I mean, General Amos can speak to that. Oh, the Pacific. OK, well, they're training with the Japanese. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, we're doing, you know, you know we're, we're training with the Japanese. Right. Did you know that Hillary was apparently over in Japan? Is there one of her last missions to goad the Japanese to changing their constitution so they can have a full blown uh, army? Well, in other words, a non not right now they can only have defensive forces, and now they're they're, they're considering. I think we need to, 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 to instead of the DOD, it should be the DOO. I like what you said. There's the the def- Department of Offense. We don't have a Department of Defense. We have a de- Department of Offense. Well, it used to be a Department of Offense. It, oh, was, really? the, it was called the War Department. Oh, well, we, we need that again. I think so. Should <laughs> we go, why don't you go back and call it the, the Department of Defense the War Department, <laughs> which it used to be called uh, when we didn't have any wars. Um, Department of, of Krieg? <laughs> the Krieg. The Krieg Department. I don't know. What, is it, what was it called? The War Department. War Department, right. Well, let's just call it War Department then. Yeah. Well, th- these people are dangerously insane. Let me t- to play the last 10 minutes where he's saying that it's all going to go to shit. Worse, a lapse in American leadership would create a void in which old threats would be unaddressed. Okay, so, oh, I get it. So he, the lapse in American leadership. Leadership, he means uh, killing people offensively all over the globe. That's his version of leadership. So if we don't lead uh, the forces in, uh, in in stopping these free markets of energy and everything and minerals, if, if we don't lead in that as leaders, as leaders of the killers of the world, uh, then old problems like the old, you know, old stuff, like the communists, I think, Yes, the commies are going to come and get us, and uh, and Al Qaeda, and we'll have terrorists all over the place. That's what I'm hearing him Best say. And new security challenges for the ho- fine room to grow for the hinterland, the homeland will be very very unsafe. The Department of War has spoken. 
Insane. It's just, it's, it's, I'm so ashamed. I'm deeply ashamed. I'm ashamed. Yeah, well, well let me the do- way things are going, we're going to have to cut your salary by one-fifth. <laughs> Which is a t- 7%. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I got something for are you. Are you ironic? Do you have a beard? Are you currently wearing jeans that you stole from your little sister's wardrobe and a V-neck lower than the U.S. economy? If so, talk to your doctor. If you are experiencing some, none, or all of these symptoms, you may be suffering from hyperinvolontary panic stress and tension elevation response disorder, or hipster. Hipster affects men and women between the ages of 16 and 35 and is one of the leading causes of scarf wearing, blogging, buying vinyl, and ordering fair trade. In extreme cases, hipster can be found in men as old as 40 living in their mom's basement. Good news, there is hope. Introducing Unpretentiousil. Unpretentiousil stops douchebaggery at its root. Unpretentiousil works by locating and attacking neuroreceptors in the brain that control your need to look, act, and think differently than everyone else, ultimately resulting in your looking, acting, and thinking the same as everyone else. Unpretentiousil has been scientifically and clinically proven to effectively stop the following symptoms. Apathy, lack of hygiene, frequent visits to the Apple store, talking about your bike, making things at home which can easily be bought at a local supermarket, (laughs) putting glasses on your cat, putting birds on things, putting mustaches on things, being vegan, iTunes downloads, Bonnie Bear, Arcade Fire, and that band your friends have never heard of, hashtag Twitter, hashtag Instagram, hashtag Facebook, hashtag MySpace, hashtag Pinterest, hashtag Tumblr, and hashtag hashtag. Talk to your... So pretty much I think I was close with my description. The douchebag part. Right, the douchebaggery with, with, with toys. Well, you got a staff? Who came up with that? Doctor, to see if unpretentiousil is right for you. Staff. Do not take unpretentiousil if you are prone to spontaneous human combustion, have severe color blindness, have recently been diagnosed with gout or the plague, or if you are allergic to change. Do what is right for you. Talk to your doctor and call now for a free trial. Unpretentiousil. Because isn't it time to be a real person? Unpretentiousil, now available in three new flavors, PBR, Natty Light, and Soy. <laughs> this has been around for a while. I just never had a reason to play it. You never heard of it? you never seen this video? No. No, oh, it's pretty good. Anyway, so we're screwed. Yeah. And I'm, by the way, I have to say that I don't know why I wanted I, There was something. I just turned that thing on, and just something caught my attention that I knew there was a gem in there somewhere. And that marine guy. No, no, no. This is this is <laughs> this is possibly clip of the year to date. I, mean, I don't know about that. But oh come! On. This global I, order. I just no, no. It's not even that. I just put it into the evergreen bin. We've got to bring this one out from time to time. When you know, when we're out there, you know, um, stopping the crazy roller coaster oil prices. <laughs> you know, when we're when we're, when we're doing that. You know, of course, uh, uh, how's gas doing, by the way? Now that the president spoke about only... It went up again. Well, of course, the president talked about gas for like 10 minutes during the, uh, the the State of the Union. Yeah, it went up about 20 cents. How come he didn't... I'm not, I'm not saying... Uh, so gas, liquid gas, liquid natural gas is what I'm talking about. Are you talking- oh, no, that, that stuff is weird. That is a... Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the... In a, per- a perpetual depression. It's actually... Ridiculously cheap. Is it still under three dollars? Is that where? Because it, it has to be over three dollars for them to make money. We know this. Uh, let's see. Let's just take a look. Because um, you know, I I'd have to say it was pretty unreal that the president not once mentioned uh, nuclear energy in a State of the Union. 
Yeah, it's three fifteen, but it dropped a little bit. A penny. Okay. That's not, yeah. No. No. The I've seen. Um, I have seen the uh, the gasoline prices go up. Uh, uh, it was three dollars and eleven cents before we like a month ago. Maybe I just little, bought some gas, four dollars and thirty cents. Yeah. Well, you're California, uh, and now it's three fifty. Um. Anyway. Gold's down twenty six bucks. <laughs> Time to buy. It's a buying opportunity. <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to. Uh, so this has been a kind of an interesting show um, so far. I'm sorry. I have some hipster thing is a, a hipster toy is going off in the background. Um, I want to take just a moment here to play this little clip. Uh, it was sent to us uh, by one of our producers. I think you received it as well. Uh, this is a uh, a great clip from the fifties. Maybe yeah, it's, it's got to be late fifties, I guess. Of uh, Rod Serling. Did you see the clip that was sent to us by our? Uh... Yeah, it's it was part of a yeah one of his old interviews. It was quite interesting. It's actually, this it, is the one. Is this the one about how he? he yeah, this is a good. So clip. actually, this is before uh, before he. Um, before the Twilight, because he was a, a producer, actor, writer, before the Twilight Zone, which is he's most famous for, I guess. What what other things did, did, did Rod Serling do? He, he must Rick have... Wim for a heavyweight. He won a crap load of awards for his dramas. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy was awesome. And it's cool because... It's funny, Mickey was uh, uh, was you know taking some stuff off the wall while I'm you know recording this clip, and she, so she couldn't see it. But she said, "Wow, the guy really talks old fashioned." I said, "Yeah, this is an interview from 1950." She said, "Oh, wow, you know, because it, it is kind of that 1950s vibe." And I think he's talking to uh, who's the big CBS guy, um, uh, Morrow. Is, is it? Uh, I don't know who he's talking to. Anyway, if it was uh, in color, it wasn't Morrow. No, it was black and white. Oh, and, okay. and he's smoking on camera too, which is kind of no, cool. He's a, yeah, well, he died he's, of smoking. Yeah, but it's still cool that he's just smoking on camera. Just you know, <laughs> I know they used to all do that. Smoking he used away. to smoke on his intro on the Twilight yeah, Zone. Awesome, come out smoking. awesome, awesome. I mean, can't you put it down for one minute, Rod? <laughs> so this is from the uh, <clears throat> the more things change, the more they stay the same. 1950s, and one of the reasons why. Uh, we have our value-for-value value model here on No Agenda. Uh, Pre-censorship is a practice, I think, of most television writers. I can't speak for all of them. This is the... Actually, it's Mike Wallace. ...prior knowledge of the writer of those areas which are difficult to try to get through. And so a writer will shy away from writing those things which he knows he's going to have trouble with on the sponsorial or an agency exactly. level. Exactly. We practice it all the time. We just do not write those themes which, you know are going, which we know are going to get into trouble. Who's the culprit? Is it the network, the sponsor? It sure is not the FCC. No, it's certainly not the FCC, ideally speaking, of course. It's a combination of culprits in this case, Mike. It's partly network. It's principally agency and sponsor. In many ways, I think it's the audience themselves. How do you mean? Well, I'll give you an example. About a year ago, roughly 11 or 12 months ago, on the Lassie show, this is a story usually told by Sheldon Leonard, who was then associated with the show. Lassie was having puppies. And I have two little girls, then age five and three, who are greatly enamored of this beautiful collie. Mm -hmm. And they watched the show with great interest. And Lassie gave birth to puppies. And Mike, it was probably one of the most tasteful and delightful and warm things uh, depicting what is this, this, this wondrous thing that is birth. 
And after the show, I, I think there were many congratulations all around because it was a lovely show. The sort of thing I'd love my kids to watch to show them what is the birth process and how marvelous it is. They got many, many cards and letters. Sample card from the Deep South, this was. If I wanted my kids to watch sex shows, I wouldn't have had them turn on that. I could take them to burlesque shows. And as a result of the influx of mail, many of the cards, incidentally, as Sheldon tells it, were postmarked at identical moments, all in the same handwriting, but each was counted as a singular piece of mail. And as a result, the directive went down that there would be no shows having anything to do with puppies, that is, in the actual birth process. Well, obviously, it is this wild lunatic fringe of letter writers that, that greatly affect what the sponsor has in mind. You can understand the position of the sponsor, can't you? I, in, in many ways, I suppose I can. He's there to push a product. He has a considerable stake, does, in what goes on the air. Most assuredly. And in those cases uh, where, we, where, there, where there is a, a problem of, of, of public taste, in which there is a concern for, for uh, eliciting negative response from a large mass of people, I can understand why the guys are frightened. Sure. I don't understand, Mike, for example, other evidences and instances of, of intrusion by sponsors. For example, on Playhouse 90, not a year ago, a lovely show called Judgment at Nuremberg. Uh, I think probably one of the most competently done and artistically done pieces that 90's done all year. In it, as you recall, uh, mention was made of gas chambers. Yeah. And the line was deleted, cut off the, cut off the, cut off the uh, soundtrack. And uh, it, ma it mattered little to these guys that the gas involved in concentration camps was cyanide, which bore no resemblance, physical or otherwise, to, to the gas used in stove. They cut the line. Because the sponsor was... He did not want that awful association made between what was the horror and the misery of Nazi Germany with the nice, chrome, wonderfully antiseptically clean, beautiful kitchen appliances that they were selling. Now, this is an, is an example of sponsor interference, which is so beyond logic and which is so beyond taste. This I rebel against. You've got a new series coming up called The Twilight Zone. <clears throat> so, of course, the most important uh, part of that piece is really at the beginning where he talks about the pre-censorship where uh, these uh, topics just are just not even broached. They just don't even come up. Just not even, just because it, it'll never work. You can never, you can't say that. You can't air that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, uh, and if you do, then, uh, well, look, they will have letter writers, which, of course, is all bull crap. But people go after the sponsors. No, and uh, I, I've talked about this a lot uh, as a writer, and because uh, people always like, you know, the, the argument is, well, you know, Microsoft is telling you guys what to write. And by the way, Microsoft's not the worst actor in this kind of thing. And then you say, and, it was, and it's really ironic that people would say, always cite Microsoft, especially like when you write for PC Magazine, because Microsoft was one of the lousiest advertisers. They never, they never advertise. <laughs> they don't have any, any, any push at all. Uh, but anyway, but what they do have is a lot of public relations guys that used to. They don't do this much anymore. I think this is really hurting them. Uh, but they used to be hound, hound the editor. Oh, how can you run that guy's stuff? <laughs> um, so there's a point where you, uh, where you can come out and honestly say, for example, as a writer, you can honestly say, I have never been told ever what to write. And... Uh, of the, but then again, you have some stuff that's rejected occasionally, and then you can kind of figure out what not to write. But right. you can always say that, and you say it with honesty, because most of the time you're just self-censoring. You just say, "I'm like, what's the point of my wasting my time turning this in when it's going to get kicked back? I'm going to write something else." Right. Which is, which, by the way, um, 
when the whole download fiasco happened with Apple's iOS 6? Um, you even said that to me. Because I said, look, here's the evidence. Here's what's going on. Here's how the logs work. Here's what's, here's what they've changed their TCP stack. They got all kinds of shit going wrong on the inside with their iPhone and it's costing us money. It's costing all kinds of people headaches and money and problems. And I think you literally said, you know, what's the point of trying to write a column? They're just going to knock it away and the, and, and Apple won't answer and it'll never happen. It's just, it's not going to happen. Right. And it, well, this is another secondary effect, which I should mention to people that you want the inside scoop. Which is you will uh, occasionally have something like that piece, which I wasn't going to write, like you said. I just wasn't going to write. And the reason is is because it this, this kind of thing, and you want to put it in a high-profile spot. But it goes like this. This is an interesting thing you've done. Have you, did you get response from Apple? Yeah. And you call Apple, you're going to get a response. So you put, you could say, yeah, they won't call me back. Well, give it a try somebody else. You got sure you can get somebody to say something. They won't say anything. In fact, you had contact over there. They wouldn't even talk to you and you weren't writing anything. <laughs> yeah. And so then you Well, I was calling some, them assholes. That, that might and have. And then you <laughs> got to document it better. Because, well, it's, you know, you, can you prove this? You know, well, you, uh, yeah, you got some, some laws. Was well, this just happening in one spot? You start getting grilled about the details because it's more than just a simple opinion. You're accusing. You do you're, when you do accusatory writing. You have to have some time to do it, and then they don't pay anybody anymore. And none of the newspapers do, and none of the magazines for sure. They don't pay anybody enough to spend days and days and days researching something. It is a loser of an idea, and then it doesn't have any effect because Apple fixes the thing eventually anyway. You know, so what did you accomplish? Did you make them go faster? Did you make, did you embarrass the company? Was that the idea, just to try to humiliate them? I mean, it's it's a waste of time, and that's the way that all the media works. The only reason that this show is so good is because we have no constraints. I mean, we can bicker about hipsterism for 10 minutes, and that's too bad. And, you know, and, and, and the good news is you can fast forward, and you can rewind the tape. You can play that clip from the general uh, a million times if you want to. Yep. But we don't have these kinds of constraints, and we just talk. And, you know, there's occasional cursing, and nobody cares. And there are some podcasts where it seems to me that's all they do, yeah. which I find annoying, by the way. Well, what, what, is, uh, what is highly interesting is that um, our politicians, our leaders, uh, do not – are not interested in our type of media. In fact, we are the enemy. We're the enemy. As as uh, just a quick uh, clip here from our vice president Joe O'Biden, as he speaks to the media about his message for uh, gun control. It's not, now again, this is not about his message about uh, uh, gun violence, gun control, gun laws, etc. But it is what he. Uh, is interested who he's interested in communicating with. Uh, I supported assault weapons ban in the original Biden crime bills where it got passed. Well, when I ran for office, I was told a lot of money was spent saying I was taking away everybody's shotgun, um, and it was all about your shotgun. Well, that's a bunch of malarkey. I know that's a word you've never heard before, um, <laughs> although it's now in the dictionary. Uh, but uh, uh, that's just simply not true. And to be very blunt with you, we're counting on all of you, the legitimate news media, to cover uh, these discussions. Oh, the legitimate news media, John. 
Well, that was a good catch. Legitimate news media. <laughs> no. because, yeah, it, that's pretty. It, once you mention it, it's so so obvious what he just the legit, did. Well, first, first he 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 makes them all laugh, right, with his little joke. I mean, it, it, the guy is very good at it. <clears throat> he uses oh, his no, little he's malarkey. A spoosh, that guy. Oh, yeah. He uses his little malarkey clip, and they say, "Oh, and by the way, you know, it's in the dictionary now because uh, I Joe Biden made that word up, which he didn't. You know, malarkey has been used forever." Uh, but okay, so now it's his word, like Al Gore invented the internet, and um, and then it's like, oh, you know, you, but I'm counting on you, the legitimate media who I laugh with and hang out with, not like uh, social media. The truth is that um, times have changed. The social media that exists out there. That yeah, see, social media that exists out there. Yeah, you heard of the social media thing, John? It's not legitimate media. No, it's not legitimate. It's just something that exists. Yeah, it's just exists. gossips. Yeah, it's just, it's not legitimate out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We are not legitimate. In the morning. We are not legitimate media. Yeah, there's nothing obvious about that, that uh, segue. <laughs> Smooth, no. boy, smooth. Hey, I, I was sitting on that for hours. Of course, <laughs> because of this idiotic uh, Excel ribbon, I have moved to some page that I'm trying to get oh, out. You know, I, there it is. I'm, Jeez, I, I, only use, I hate this stuff. I only use OpenOffice. I don't use any of those I, Microsoft uh, products. Yeah. Do you, use, you don't use OpenOffice? I do for my writing. Well, but I mean, I've, I've just, I don't even have it on my machines anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, no, okay. I've got it on this machine, and, and it's, it's just, an, it's the most annoying thing. By the way, the woman, and I hate to be a sexist about this, but, but the woman who invented this ribbon interface that you can't use, and it's just a mess, which in the studies have shown is with Word has created a 35% decrease in productivity because you're always screwing around trying to find stuff. She turned out to be uh, moved to the top of the ladder. She's the head of marketing, and she's the one that pushed and managed to get the uh, Windows 8 Metro. So she's also in the Metro. So this is a person that... You know, can, uh, I, can I just say something that I, um, I, have, not, I have not used uh, Windows like in... I mean, that's not true. Uh, I, uh, Skype here is running on Windows. I mean, that's the only thing I use it for. I don't. I don't. I just don't use it. I mean, I'm. You're a Mac user. And did you know, by the way, that Wine runs on the Mac? I just discovered no, I did this not the other know day. That. Oh my god! I was like, because you know, there's this one uh, ham radio program that only runs on Windows, and I wanted to try it out. And, you know, and it's not, and this, this stuff, this digital processing stuff, won't really run on on this notebook. You know, whatever this you know touch touchy feeling like 700 megahertz processor or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I'm ripping my hair out trying to find a port or whatever. And I find out that Wine runs perfectly on OS X. And you can run tons of stuff. I was blown. I didn't know this. When did this happen? I don't know. I never heard of it. I think I'm a hipster. If you're running Windows programs in Wine on your, on your MacBook Pro, <laughs> that's, I think that's kind of a hipster thing. I think you got it. <laughs> so, uh, well, Wine has always been, you know, it's been the... One of my biggest complaints is that Linux, mm -hmm. by the way, you always want to talk about tech once in a while. Yeah. That Linux, uh, is, which is a perfectly functional I, and I, good I, I run system. multiple Linux boxes, by the way. I, I like it it's very much. It's a great much. product. Yeah. And it, because it doesn't run Photoshop, 
is killing it because it, because Adobe refuses to port Photoshop to Linux because the War, Warnock and Geschke, the two founders of the company, especially John Warnock, has decided that that Linux and the open source movement is his great enemy because of the invention of Ghost Script. So he refuses. He's still a chairman of the board. He refuses to port uh, to uh, Linux. Meanwhile, Wine on Linux, I don't think it works that well. And so, I, I mean, I can't go to Linux. I'd love to, but I can't because I, I use Photoshop and Illustrator and some of these other things too much, things like InDesign. I just wouldn't trust them running through Wine. Have you ever tried uh, Photoshop running in Wine? No. That might be that might be an interesting experiment. I mean, I've never even run Photoshop on anything but a Mac, and <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> I'm not Photoshop at all. <clears throat> but I have to say that um, I really, you know, I, I changed my my uh, MacBook Air uh, to Ubuntu. Pff, I don't know how long, like a year ago now, maybe. And the, except your for, MacBook Air is running of Ubuntu. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. Be, you know, because I, I want That's pretty uh, nerdy. Mm, What's it, wrong with the Apple OS? Uh, I just well because Apple started changing things. You know, it's like not, you get forced into all these. All these upgrades, and then you're forced. Your scroll oh, burst. Is this because it is ah? Are I, you telling me that because historically, I, now I'm thinking about. It, we've been doing the show for almost 500 episodes. We've done yeah, a lot of shows. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe 50 episodes, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. You stop the same gripe that you always. This is this must be it because you used to come on and go, and you'd be. Usually not streaming. You'd be cussing like mm-hmm. a like a truck driver who dropped a you know a wrench on his foot. Yeah. Uh, about Apple doing an overnight upgrade, yeah. and now your system can't work, yes. and you got to redo this and redo that. And you got to—you always—you were complaining bitterly about this about once every two months. Yeah, well, so but now you get four. I mean, specifically, what what is happening now? When when they moved to uh, your apps have to be in the App Store for your for your Mac. So you know already the whole app thing for. Uh, for your iPhone, that that got me off the iPhone. And, you know, it's like, oh, please. You know, I, I just I want a little bit of maybe it's just pseudo control, whatever. But the forced upgrades, I see Nikki going through it on um, you know not a daily basis, but you know she is completely she wants to be in the ecosystem, and I support her. And and and, and she said, look, I want I want the I want everything to sync and whatever that cloud thing and the iCloud, just make it all work. And you know she is in the she she relies heavily on the Apple Photoshop Lightroom products, all of this stuff. Uh, she has little understanding uh, as a user of um, you know disks, drives, and directories, and you know just you know, she's a, she's a quintessential perfect Apple user. Um, but then I go through the, these these phases where she is forced to upgrade because A won't work with B unless you have this. There's all these dependencies, and then you know the scroll bars are upside down. The scroll bars are gone. You can't like grab a scroll bar anymore on a Mac. I mean, who make that decision? So, um, and that's okay. Um, the only reason I still use uh, Macs in the studio is Core Audio is superior. Um, that is a, that is a, a fabulous part of the Macintosh operating system, and uh, Linux is very weak uh, in um, uh, the development is just still not there with the audio systems um, as well as with actually wireless networking is very weak 
on uh, on a lot of the uh, a lot of the Linux installs. The driver support is not there. You know, so that is the downside of my MacBook Air, which I have a three point. I have the, one of the first versions of the MacBook Air, the three three point one. And it's very hard to install Linux, first of all. Dual boot, you have to do with eFit and all this crap. Um, but then the, the drivers for the Wi-Fi suck. I mean, it just really, really sucks. But even then, at least, you know, I can control what's going on. They're not Things won't change overnight. I can make my own decisions, and I can work with software vendors uh, who make free stuff and good stuff that I want, and that doesn't have to go through some kind of committee. Um, and I've seen this on the writing on the wall for a long, long time. Um, but I, I, I think you should try Photoshop and Wine. Try, give it a try. Yeah, I'll give it a try. It might work. I have a Linux box that keeps tempting me. <laughs> it's a faster operating system. It's and it doesn't. It has and it's, it's kind of stable in the in the in the original style of the desktop uh, metaphor. I just don't like this new stuff. You know, so I've I've been uh, messing around with Linaro. The, are you familiar with this install? Never heard of it. Yeah, so it it works on ARM devices because that that's really what I'm what I'm working on with my uh, QRP SDR uh, project is I got I got the uh, Odroid uh, computer and uh, so you basically you burn uh, Linaro. Spell is not even what is it? Sorry, Linaro. L i n a r o Linaro, and so you burn, uh, you know, you 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 burn the whole OS onto the onto the SD card, and it boots right from the SD card. It's pretty amazing. I mean, you've got this. You know, it's like the Raspberry Pi, only it's more powerful, it has a, a fa- faster processor. Um, you know, it's just, it, and again, the Wi-Fi support blows. You know, you got to find drivers, and it's that's a problem. But um, these little these little installs, man, it's it's. You, in in school, kids should be taught they need to learn how to compile a kernel. This should be mandatory. Install Linux should be able to learn how to compile a kernel, change some headers, recompile. That should be mandatory for all kids in kindergarten. The top thing going on in schools right now is moving kids to Chromebooks. Oh, <laughs> let's move on. You're depressing me now. I was happy about this conversation. Now you're depressing me. It's a fact. Yeah. Hey. Nine, 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 nine. That's for Rebecca McGinley from San Diego, California, who gave us 9999. Uh, howdy, A&J. I'm sorry the Valentine's Day show was so wimpy. So here's my value for value. Can I get a trains good, planes bad, shut up already at science slide whistle jam session? Oh, well, then let's do that. All aboard, trains good, planes bad. Shut up already. Science. That's it? What happened to shut up already at science? Oh, oh no, you were slide whistling over it. It was there. Yeah, it was there. It's on the tape. You guys are the best. Keep hitting them in the mouth. In the mouth. William Durkin in Greenville, South Carolina, a beautiful state. Always wanted to be a kingdom. Another prime number donation. 487 is the 93rd prime, so here's 93 bucks. Oh, Just give nice. me some karma. That's interesting. I wonder what the 500th prime is. What, what is the value of a prime number? Is it good for anything other than just saying it's a prime number? I mean, is there is there some usefulness of of prime numbers? If you multiply it by two, you can divide into the result. Yeah, that's very hot. (laughs) 
it's just a number that you can't uh, you can't divide by anything. I don't know. It, it, mathematicians can tell us why why it's important, and they keep and it's like a big deal to find all of them. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is. I mean, this when, are there some still out there that we haven't found yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. Every once in a while, somebody, it's like big news, breaking news when someone finds one, and now it's got this way up there. It's like oh, apparently, hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Apparently, of it's good for encryption. Oh, yeah. you need Actually, you can't do encryption without it. Because? Uh, don't ask me. I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I don't know. There's a reason. <laughs> and it's good, for it your, it's good for your hipster quotient. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> look it up. Yeah, well, I'm asking why, you. Why, why you. I mean, I, I, I could just do the show and just ask questions and look it up, and then yeah, not have so my answer is always going to be the same. Not have you on the show. You know, look it up. <laughs> just no, use you the, get a voice. Get that clip. You got it ready. Ready? Yeah. Start recording. Yeah. Look it up. There perfect, you go. Perfect, perfect. Perfect. Thank you. I'm set. I'm good to go. Elise Garling Jewelry in Sunnyside, New York. So we need. What's the five hundredth? Oh, I don't know. We got to come up with something for you know for the five hundred show. It's a good number. I, lo- I love I love chat room. Oh, Adam, basic math. Don't you even understand? Wow, <laughs> basic math. Yeah, that's what I learned in the sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, at least I forgot it. That's the problem. <laughs> at least Garling Jewelry in Sunnyside, New York, eighty-eight, eighty-eight. A career karma for myself would be greatly appreciated, and a chemtrail jingle for my wonderful. Th- Thimerosal and GMO avoiding chemtrail spotting crackpot loved ones. Chemtrail spotting crackpot loved ones. You know who you are. P.S. Whatever happened to the NA homebrew competition? Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. Ah, yeah. Whatever happened? And you know, I haven't heard from our uh, uh, No Agenda Moonshiner and from our our, our our bootlegger. I haven't heard from him the again. The problem with the I'm homebrew out. competition is too difficult to. Sp- Two things. One, we don't apparently have anyone except a couple of professionals who can't ship the beer or they get busted. Uh, that can, we don't have anybody except for them that can make any beer that's, that's beer that's any good. I, I, we've gotten a bunch of beer. One batch came in that was pretty good, done by a female uh, who I can't remember her name, and and it was decent. It was decent. It was actually drinkable. Hmm. The other stuff, including some recent material, it actually had to be thrown out. <laughs> it had to be skunked, as we say in the beer business. It was it was just not good. Skunked. Oh, sorry. He meant... There we go. You've got karma. Sorry, uh, Monsanto sneaking in, as they always do. William Durkin and... Oh, that's... What did I just do? Did no, I read William Durkin's as instead of Rebecca McGinley? No, no, no. We did all that. No, no. It's uh, it's not. And that was at least Garling Jewelry. Ah, right. Jay uh, Jay Kincaid in Roswell, Georgia. Uh, I would like to request a super love karma seventy seven on the sevens for Gem on MCOG from Jazz Zone BTW Adam. By the way, Adam, a couple of shows ago when you first brought up peeing in the shower, I was listening to the show in the shower, <laughs> as I often do, and actually peeing at that exact moment. Awesome. Thank you. That made my day. Did you, but you have to blow your nose, too. No. That's disgusting. <laughs> you should be peeing and blowing your nose. It's like the skies of, the, the, 
You watch a football game and some guy decides yeah, to blow his, to blow his nose. I know. You should do that in the shower while you're peeing. And uh, didn't some uh, producer of ours send in the idea that uh, we shouldn't use uh, the toilet at all, really, for, for pooping? You should Like, we should get cat litter and just clump it for he humanity? He said that note to you because I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah. He said, no, it was the whole idea. It was like, you need, we need to clump it. And then, th- and then throw it out, and now you wasted <laughs> valuable water with flushing. I mean, maybe Jason, that was maybe that's what that whole uh, cruise ship thing was about. Hold on, he wants some karma, some seventy-seven karma. There you go. You've got yeah. karma. Super love, super love karma. Jason Anderson in Riverside, seventy-seven. Uh, ITM. I'm disappointed uh, by the request to keep the show clean and proper. Listening to John go off on an obscenity-laced rant is one of the best parts of the show. (laughs) So I figure I could either nap for humanity or I could donate for profanity. (laughs) So here's 77 for more cursing, swearing, expletives, and malediction. Fuck yeah. I'd like to get a mention for my business and website, BallisticGuitars.com. Oh. Guitar tech and repair services in Riverside, California. I just redesigned the website, and I'm looking for some karma to bring in more business in 2013 so I can get a constitution whoop em. LGY karma. Thanks, guys. Keep up the awesome work. Uh, wow. Haven't, uh, we, have the sh- <clears throat> we have the short one, right? We have uh, whoop em, uh, LG car karma. Okay. Get out there. Whoop em, 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 Hold on. You've got karma. There we go. John Vale in Pennsburg, Pennsylvania. Please give my sister Christine Cormanick a straight-up karma and wish her a happy birthday today. Thank you for the best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. All right. We like those when it's a little short, by the way. This, uh, the segments are long because your, yeah, your you know, notes this, are long. These notes are, we're gonna, here's the deal. We were going to move up that we'll talk about your comment at 69.69, and then one of the guys came in, oh, you're pushing our the minute minute aside because we had this double nickels. On, I don't know what the minute minute thing. It was $55 or, 50, or 50, 50 or something. Uh, uh, double nickels on the dime, 50, 50, 55 10. Okay, so it was double nickels on the dime. And so, there, you know, we give 55 every month, and you're not going to talk. And so it was a kind of a complaint that I had to kind of say, yeah, probably. It's probably true. We'll try to avoid this move. But we're not going to be able to if people write these these long-winded, uh, you know, messages that are just – I mean, I don't mind, like, a certain length, but like this – but the last one was perfect, and the next one is going to be good too. But, you know, if people could just think about – Maybe shorten their pitch a little bit. That was a that, that really. Are you trying to that say sucked. something? Are you trying? Okay. Are you trying to say something? <laughs> what, can you do it better? Yeah, uh, people, keep your notes a little shorter, please. Well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, Where well, we're at the moment. Sixty-nine, dudes. So Colin Peterson comes in from Bow, Washington, or Bow. I don't know. Valentine's Day sucked. Why? Because it's been too long since I had a karma shot. Here's hoping for better luck in the future. Can I get a parliament mumble? Shut up at science karma. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that for you. Uh, I just wasn't ready. (laughs) Shut up already. Science. You've got karma. Alicia May in Ann Arbor, Michigan, 6969. 
during the Thursday show, I was walking my dog and found $68 on the sidewalk. Hmm. I instantly knew I would throw in $1.69 to keep the Swazzle Nuts alive. Sending good luck your way and a big thank you for what you do because no one in the universe assassinates the media better than you guys. LGY Karma, and thank you. Yay! You've got karma. TinyEmpire.com from Phoenix. Producer Miles in Arizona would like to let entrepreneurs in Scottsdale know about Assemble AZ. Makers in Mesa have heat sink labs. Hackers in Phoenix have Phoenix 2600. Tempe has Tech PHX in November. And everyone else, there's Reddit Phoenix. Huh. Tiny, what, what is that? Uh, Alicia May. Hmm. No. Tiny, <laughs> tiny I have em- no idea. TinyEmpire.com. What the hell is that? This has probably to do with this. Got to have something to do with three D printers. I, I like I like ma- I like the maker culture. It's kind of cool. Jason Stevens, Sir Jason, to you in Lost Wages, Nevada, sixty nine sixty nine. First, I wanted to say that I'm excited that Adam's work on the Cartulari River thingy. Yeah. Well, this is uh, Dave Jones, and I've been working on this for like a, over a year now. This is the we talked about the other day. The uh, oh. From the short video, I can tell it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I posted. What is he talking about? I posted a YouTube video of the the social network thing we've been working on for over a year. Oh, this is that one that's distributed or something that could take over the world? Yeah, that's the one. Exactly. You got it. That will make us no money, but it's going to be very cool because it will kill Facebook. (sighs) Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, lack, yeah. Uh, next, I want to apologize for the lack of notes for my one eleven eleven donations. Why? Because it's a recurring monthly subscription, as I believe the best podcast in the world, in the universe, should get. Can I get John to give me an only Amiga makes it possible? Followed by Doctor Kiki. Shut up already! It's <laughs> science. Okay, ready? Hold on. Only Amiga makes it possible. Shut up already! It's science. Wow. Have you ever said that in the past? Is this uh, no, something? No. No. Never. I have no idea what he's doing with that. <laughs> Michael Armstrong in Central City, Iowa, sixty nine, sixty nine. Monsanto Chemtrails LGY Karma. By the way, we'll do a four. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, you, if the note is this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, here we go. You've got karma. Vomit. Carl Shaput or Shaput. In Stony Creek, Ontario. Dvorak, thanks for busting Curry's balls for always being tough on the other media sources. Even if they are douchebags, I need a de-douching as I've been listening for six months. Karma for my fiancé's brother, father, Bob, who's fighting cancer. P.S. Curry reaction to the mention Pastafarianism on show 487 made me believe he's never heard of it. Check yeah, it out. This is the I've co- never heard of it. Yeah, this is the kind of guy who'll send me a note. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> exactly. know about this. I was amazed you didn't know about this. You don't know everything. You're on the best podcast in the universe. It's actually a farce religion used to rather effectively push out religiously motivated laws from our system. Read douchebag me for guessing wrong. What? Well, give him a douchebag. I don't know what to right, do. He wants a de-douching and then re-douche. So we can do that. You've been de-douched. All right. And here we go. Douchebag. Oh, he's back to scratch. There you go. Come back again next week. We'll make more. 
Wasn't that the, was, isn't that the flying spaghetti monster? Isn't that the religion? That's <sighs> hey, come on, man. Let's move along. This, see, these notes are too long. Roll, Sir Roll SK in Saskatoon, the Paris of somewhere. Canada. Sir Roll SK here from the Noble Liars. I wanted to say it's the best four shows have been, last four shows have been amazing. This certainly is the best podcast in the universe. Please send some karma to my band, the Noble Liars. For now, we have a product with, and no market. If you listen to, pre, <laughs> to the pre-show, I'm sure you have heard some of it already. And some, and send me some swazzle enough karma for my current relationships, which has so far been amazing, apparently with no swazzle enough. My previous swazzle enough donations continue to pay off in all the right ways. Well, I guess it does work. Uh, Adam, please enjoy the album and let me know what you think, John. Stay frosty, you gump. Grump. Okay. Uh, he wants uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Okay, you little girl, yay. And the second part of the Adam Shrugged movie is amazing. Right. Now, <laughs> I think Atlas Shrugged Part 2 was out. I saw part one, so I might as well go see part two or wait for the DVD to come out. Here we go. Atlas Shrugged. By Ayn Rand. Yay! You've got karma. Tight, tight, tight. Eric Anderson and Bothell, 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 Washington, 69, Send me some one half, one hot MILF, little girl yay, karma for my birthday on Saturday, which we have listed. Hoping my smoking hot wife will have a special birthday present for me. Wink, wink. That's one hot milk, baby. Yay! You've got karma. Keith McCulpin in Imperial, Pennsylvania. We've got a lot of Pennsylvanians in today. Yeah. Uh, 18 months ago, I made my second donation. Decided what I thought was a funny... Made what I thought was a funny comment about my vegan drone girlfriend. Turns out I'm not a comedian. Many lonely nights later... <laughs> I learned the error of my ways and would like to make amends. Even though I asked for job-seeking karma for Amy back then and she soon found one, uh-huh. I would like to make up for my poor taste in humor by having Adam say the following. And Adam? <clears throat> I get to do my voice here. <clears throat> Amy, Keith wants you to know he adores you and you are the love of his life. Please give both of us a shot of karma and a fiscal cliff scream just because I like it. Hey, baby, how about some upside down loving now? <laughs> You've got karma. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a winner. Romantic. A winner. A winner. <laughs> a winner. <laughs> Scott Williams, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. ITM Biff and Cletus. My girlfriend, Tally, who recently converted to a no, to no agendaism, did not want me to give her flowers or chocolates this fake Valentine's holiday, but instead donate to the best podcast in the universe. She would like a Don't Eat Me Hillary Clinton drone again. You've got karma combo. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. The drone again. Naturally. You've got karma. That's a nice combo, actually. And, and that ends our uh, crazy uh, segment. Oh, hey, hey. Linux, Hold Linux. <laughs> Linux. 69, Yeah, yeah, Linux. Can't wait. Can't wait to move to the Linux. <laughs> Kevin Benson, Budinas, New South Wales. 
From Gitmo Down Under, hi guys. Ever my ever slow donation plan it was to become the Wizard of Oz as every round table and drunken bunch of knights needs a wizard. This is sixty six sixty six, which is the magic number thirty three thirty three for each of the you two. Thanks for the news breakdown and reminding me of how good it is not to live in the USA. And please yeah, yeah we can we'll have drones over you too, don't worry about it. And please give me what I think is the ultimate combination of three clips. Little girl yay. Little girl, yay. Little girl, yay. And that's it with the karma or just those three clips? Well, I, I guess that's just said for the three okay. clips. Yay! 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 Huh. <laughs> hey, hey, you can't, you can't trick me. Do that with your, with your Linux box. Dano, or Dario, I'm sorry, Gonzalez, Gonzalves, Gons, Cons, I don't know. You know, this name is always... Dario Concalves. Goncalvis. I think it is Goncalvis. Goncalvis. Well, anyway, 6660. Uh, first time donor, Ben, I'm listening to the show and I love it. The best podcast in the universe. He says postcast. Please douche my mate, Andrew Capel. Hmm. Hey, this is nice. Douchebag. Douche. Who introduced me to the show and never donated. Oh. Andrew Capel. Tony from DailySkew.com in Fort Lauderdale. 6611. Call me Tony from DailySkew.com. We've made a yet another trip to New York for my son's medical treatments. I've had seven liters of my own blood spun through a centrifuge to extract white blood cells before being reinserted into my body to help boost my boy's immune system when he gets his transplant. Holy Crazy crap. Enough. Well, yeah. yeah. We, and we bicker. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Well, rather than ask for karma, I thought I'd get <laughs> by, two by things. The, by the, the way, by the way, doing that, ultimate hipster thing to do. And let's be honest. <laughs> Actually, it will get <laughs> super actually, hipster. True. Super yeah. hipster to have seven liters of your own blood spun through a centrifuge to extract white blood cells to be reinserted into his body to help boost his son's immune system. What a hipster! Well, rather than ask for karma, I thought I'd give us give two things to the best podcast. First, the live listeners can download today our new Kindle ebook, Eanagram Eanagram Pop for free. That's E N N E A G R A M Pop. Just go to the dailyskew.com and click the big blue button to get it. Second, I'm emailing Arnie and Jericho a new jingle for 6611. Hope this inspires more inflation-adjusted donations. All right, so I'm going to personally uh, gr- uh, reach into the No Agenda Karma bag and hand out some karma to you and your kid because uh, that's pretty awesome. And it's dailyskew.com, D-A-I-L-S-K-E-W. And uh, here's the jingle he sent along. I've already played it earlier today. It's Lightning Rod and Grounding Brave. In the morning. You've got karma. It has a long thunder at the end. Urs Gosi, I think, in Kokomo, Indiana. Gentlemen, greetings from Switzerland. Oh, he's in Switzerland. Thank you. Oh, that's a Swiss name. Thank you for uh, providing us with the countless hours of media assassination and the best podcast in the universe. I have to call myself out as a douchebag for not donating earlier. Give him a douchebag. Douchebag. Okay, if you want. Having finally guilted myself enough, I emptied out my PayPal account. By the way, everyone should do that. Uh, Sorry for being part of the freeloading majority for too long please send a random karma combo my way turn off your television you will obey you will obey you will obey you've got karma random pretty random brad badow bibo bibo bebo bebo brad bebo 
in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Please read in oh, <clears throat> please read in stoner voice. Otis Bink, foot of the strike. <clears throat> I don't know if I can get into it. It's funny. Hey man, Otis Bink, foot of the stinking lake, Wisconsin. <clears throat> Dear John and Adam, here's a little bit of value for me for the large amounts of value I get from you too. I've been listening religiously and kindly thank my friend Governor Jerry Brown for hitting me in the mouth. I'm hoping my donation gets me a golden key to the crapper, as I will not shit in a bag. <laughs> Please tell the chat room to fuck off and hit me with a sexy science, Parliament mumble, and karma. All around for everyone in need. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. I'm concerned. I'm really concerned because you seem to have lost your stoner voice. <laughs> I noticed. Yeah, it's not. These voices come up already. It's science. Yeah, it's not good. You, you know, no, you know what a lot of it is. I'm, I, I know it sounds like bull crap, but I think I can only do these voices when the person writes them in that voice. So he yeah, had to been no, that's stoned. True. We have yeah. had people that were drunk. Gave the drunk donations, and I could sound like them. And we've had people that were—I know—they were stoned because of the way they wrote. But if you're yeah. if you're straight or drunk and want the stoner voice, you're yeah. gonna, you're not going to get it. No. I I channel the voice. You see. Yes. You're Mike you're you're, you're, me, you're you're a method Victor actor. You're a method actor. Stalwell, Victoria. Here's a small donation to help ease Adam's butt. But Adam's butt hurt. At, okay. Oh, okay. I see. I have butter. After, okay. After the vile, evil, and nefarious <laughs> oh, Kevin it. Smith used Adam's surname as an initiator for a series of mostly unfunny jokes, a shot at karma for Adam would ensure that nobody gives him grief about his name going into the future. It's unconscionable to make jokes of dubious humor value based on somebody's name. Fact. And it's refreshing to see no agenda, never pooping or stooping. To these crass and base attacks while reporting and dissecting news involving people like Steve Cook, Janet Napolitano, <laughs> Hillary Clippity-Clop Clinton, Piers Moron, Joe O'Biden, and others. All the best, Mike Caddick Stowell, okay. pronounced Stahl, yeah. uh, in Victoria. All right, so can I just say one thing? Uh, that was not the issue. The issue was no plug. Yeah. That, uh, there true. was no plug. There was no mention of our show. We wanted a plug on the show. Yeah. That's what shows of you. you plug. No. Yeah. You can make all the fun of his name you want to if he's plugged yeah. the, the yeah. website. Exactly. Could have said curry.com is part of that bit. I would have taken that. Yeah. Huh? No. Apparently, you're just some guy who Dude. invented something. Yeah. You're not even alive. No. No. Not me. <laughs> okay. Not me. Not no, me. That, that was uh, terrible. I, I, you know, that guy's hard to listen to. Okay, come on, come on, come on. Ow. Uh, Kevin Ayers in Broomfield, Colorado, 50, double nickels on the diamond. He sent this note in. Hmm. Now, listen to this note carefully, considering what he gave. Duh, it's my birthday on Tuesday the 19th, which means you have to put him on the list. Uh. I donated 6666 and forgot. Geez, I need a mind control and a good slapping around. I promise I pretend not to like it. So he not only forgot to put the note in, but he doesn't even remember how much he donated. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, he's on the list. Minutes. He's on the list. Uh, let's see. Okay, here's here's an example of a, a note that's too long. Jordan Rivas in Converse, Texas. You can go down the street and you can lecture him. Uh, 5510. 
First-time donor, now recovering boner. I've been listening on and off for about a year. However, no agenda is getting ready to bump Twit off my number two spot in the podcast rotation. was number one. So I figured it was time to show my support. N.A. and Twit will both always be second to Smodcast. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, we can just sit here and say, fuck, 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 fuck. And, no, you know, man, 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 hey, man. And by the hey, way, man. I was going back because I, I was pulling man. some clips and I ended up with a bunch of, yeah, fuck, man. Hey, fuck man. man, hey, man. It's, it's, it's Kevin awesome, Smith man. talking and talking and talking and his partner going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah well, listen, yeah, yeah. listen, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do, here, here it is, uh, at, is it that Kevin Smith? Is that who he is? I don't think, yeah, I don't think he has like a, that... Kevin, I saw Red State. By the way, it sucked. He encourages you, Adam, to reach out to Kevin, who is generally one of the nicest filmmakers out there, and one of the few who has actually called out the Hollywood BS, <gasps> taking his film out. <laughs> Hollywood BS. Hello, Hollywood BS. Wow, wow, that's really He's important. He was actually called it out. Apparently, hey man, don't get He's mad, get Irish. Without studios and someone who appreciates trailblazers like Adam. No, no he, he doesn't. doesn't. No, he doesn't. If he did, then he would have plugged me. He yeah. doesn't. I would love nothing more than to see a mashup of my two favorite podcasts and have Adam go one-on-one with Kev's shows. Kev. 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 And I just like a suck. And I, <sighs> that said, I like a de-douching and a 999 by itself followed by a combo of Dr. Kiki's at Science and Atlas Shrugged. No, you know what? No, 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 none of that. Nothing. No jingle for you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've got a, I've, the hammer comes down here. Okay. I'm not going to argue the point. I mean, let me just read from the that Kevin Smith's uh, uh, Twitter uh, tweets. Sitting down now with at Smosier for some smodcast. What shall we talk about today, man? Los Angeles, see Doesn't the trailer. Say man in the tweet. No. Los Angeles, see the trailer for Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie Wednesday night at the Laugh Factory. I love you, Long Beach. I'll be back for more babble at the Laugh Factory next month. Guys, he's not giving you any news. You see, he's promoting himself. Yeah. That's all he does is promote himself. And, you know, it's, it's okay if you promote someone else once in a while. Doesn't hurt? No. Sure, I sure wish one of these days demon possession movies would end with the possessed getting stabbed by an icicle made of frozen holy water. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the best tweet ever. Okay, Thanks to no. what's trending for having me on the show. Love meeting Lisa Kudrow and at Bernie and nerding out over making stuff. It's hashtag future of TV. Oh, hipster. Hans Petter Feld, I think, in Oslo. Uh, F-J-E-L-D. Maybe it's gelled. Greetings from Gitmo Brown. She's found a deli in the U.S. that ships the stuff. Want some? Yeah. I sent, yeah, in second place is two orders. Mm. Uh, I sent you a, ma- a mail. Give me address and I will get it to you. Thank you for the great entertainment. J- j- I don't know what he's saying here. Jingles. WTC7. Oh, he wants the. Okay, yeah. Well, he's not a native speaker. WTC7 won't go away. Up already. Science. Karma. 
what happened? 73. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry. The karma didn't come. Karma. Wanted to make sure the karma. Nine STA seventy threes. Sheena Hershey in Baltimore, Maryland. My name is Sheena. I donated fifty to the No Agenda donation. I was my first time donating. I wanted she must be a little girl and must and wanted to send a message with my donation. However, I hit the send before I could write my message. I was wondering if you could give karma to my boyfriend Nate, the best boyfriend in the world. He's taking a class right now, and I want to send him karma to pass his course. Uh, my boyfriend met you, Adam. Yes, in I know. Texas. Yes, I know. Is Sir GQ? I know Sir GQ. Really needs so a karma. Interesting. Huh? Why? I'll, no, I'll tell you later about that. Interesting. By the way, he could be in GQ. He's a handsome man, Sir GQ. Oh, is, so, yeah, handsome man. Good-looking lady. You've yep. got karma. And it was so sweet because she sent a note. She's like, oh, I forgot, I forgot to put a note in the PayPal. And, oh, man, I was like, could you please? And I said, does she know? We've got it. we got it under control. So, so, send pictures. A fretter. Jack Schroeder in Windsor, Ontario, $50 without comment. Thank you, Jack. Brian Watson, Sir Brian Watson in Raleigh, North Carolina, need Fisker karma. Because <laughs> it's on fire. Because <laughs> the car's in my driveway burning. <laughs> Boycott movies slash music except Taylor Swift. Really? Everyone should listen to No Agenda State Department briefings, my favorite, White House briefings, and C-SPAN. Love the show. Here's your Fisker karma. Here we go. You've got karma. Which, by the way, I thought was pretty interesting, this whole uh, so-called war between Elon Musk of Tesla and the writer of the New York Times about the range of the car. I was actually reading this whole thing. I'm like, wow, this is this should be John's gig. Some other douchebag walked off with your whole thing. I wrote about it, but I actually had some facts. Yeah, but but it's great PR for the writer whose name I can't remember, and for yeah, Tesla, it's all great like PR. A champ. <laughs> what? Yeah, it worked. It yeah. worked like a champ. Yeah. Well, there you go. Zane Bland, if that is indeed his real name, in Milford, Ohio, fifty without comment. Thank you, Zane. Stephen Atkins in Wainwright, Alberta. Sorry for not donating for so long. Hope this gets me a little karma. Keep up the awesome work, guys. Yeah, we'll give you some karma so you can have a little karma, of course. You've got karma. And Chris, Sir Quick, Chris, 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 Sir Chris Lewinsky in Sherwood Park, Alberta, where all the money is. Uh, and he's right there with Stephen. And Philip Meeson in Welshpool, Powes. Uh, $50, and that concludes our uh, listing of those fine donors who helped us produce show 488. And uh, we do have another show coming up, 489, and we're getting within 11 after that of the 500 show, and we need to come up with some something to help people celebrate our 500 show, which is a big deal. Yes, $500,000 would be a great way to celebrate. That would be that fantastic. That would be a great way. That's right. Now that because uh, you know, everyone everyone is turned off, you know, because you know we're we're anti Kevin Smith. We're not anti Kevin Smith. No, I actually like this Jay and Silent Bob movies. I like those. I thought those were pretty good. We just think that he could have said something other than mock Curry's name with a bunch of lame rhymes. Yeah. Well, the other guy who yeah. only seems to say yeah, 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 uh huh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. All right, so you heard what Rod Serling says. He says, donate, damn it. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Do that on Thursday. It's your birthday, birthday. 
John Vail congratulates his sister Christine Armanic with her birthday. Eric Anderson uh, turned, uh, let's see, he celebrated yesterday on the 16th. Kevin Benson will be celebrating on Tuesday. And Kevin Ayers, who forgot why he donated or what he donated, but he knows his birthday's at least once a year. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And we have a black knight today. Explain what a black knight is, John, because people are always thinking they're black knights. Yeah, I don't know why people want to be. But black knight is a is a uh, honor, a, a, a title that we bestow as an apology for missing uh, the fact that they become knights. And so it, it, all of a sudden they should have been a knight, let's say, in the first of the year. And then a month goes by. They, they listen yeah, but, to the okay, show, okay. show it, waiting to be a knight. You're doing a horrible job. So yeah. this is not like we don't tr- keep track of your donations. You have to do that yourself. And then you send to us the list, and we check that to make sure, obviously. And if then, and when we've gone through that process, if we then forget to knight you, then you can become a black knight. It's not like... You sit around waiting, and then you're like, hey, hey, how come, hey, where's my knighthood? No, that's not how it works. Okay, so this is when we've said, hey, congratulations, you're a knight, and it's all good, and then we forget to do it on the show. That's how you become a black knight, right? And I should mention the people out there who still, you know, want, you know we're transitioning to pins. We are still sending out rings. Yeah, it, we're not very good at the emails about that they're coming, but we are. Well, that's, st- yeah, that's, yeah, right. Yeah, our, cus- our customer support department is. Uh, yeah, once Eric quit, then we lost customer support, so it's just kind of a hit and miss thing. So maybe we'll send them out every once every few months. And uh, the only thing we don't have is the size nine and a half. Hmm. That's it. That's my okay. message. Yeah. By the way, there there are plenty of hot women who want to be our secretary, and and take over this stuff. Yeah, that would uh, that would be problematic. <laughs> Why? Why is that problematic? Uh, sorry, I'm uh, with the hot secretary, uh, Mimi. I'll uh, I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember remember Mac Warehouse? Mac Warehouse. Yeah, the the mag the the order catalog, the mail order catalog. Yeah, that Mac- was owned, owned by that made uh, Dennis uh, uh, Felix Dennis a multi billionaire. Yeah. So, do you remember Carrie, the little girl in the corner? Yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie from Mac Warehouse. Yeah. That's what we need. We need her. <laughs> she was a model. She probably can't even write her own name. I don't care. I want her sending on our rings and pins. This is. I want Carrie from Mac she Warehouse. Have the headphones on. Yeah, with the exact the Madonna headphone. Exactly. Hi, I'm Carrie from Mac Warehouse. How can I help you? She was. She was awesome. All right. Anyway, if you can grab your blade, please. That would uh, be highly appreciated. There we go. Patrick, make him step forward, my friend. You are about to be. One of those illustrious black knights, because, well, simply we forgot you, but we didn't do it on purpose. So please, kneel as I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Patrick Makeham, black knight of the Noah and Roundtable. For you, my friend, I have a whole bevy of goodies. Hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, Ruben S. Woman and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, and of course, the mutton and mead. Come sit at the round table. Welcome. And that, of course, is uh, due to a contribution of $1,000 or more. This is the best podcast in the universe. We are kept alive by your uh, support, your donations. Keep it coming, people. Read your documentation. Because that's what we do for you. Whoo! 
So, um, this, uh, well, we already talked about, uh, oh, the yeah. meteor. <laughs> we talked about the meteor. No, I, I, no, 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 no. It's, you, I'm, I have no, I've mixed up the show. I did the second half first. Um, but I do have some, uh, some cyber warrior stuff that I thought was interesting. You know, Steck, uh, our lawyer there, and uh, I think he's near Chicago. He always, he emails a lot. Yeah, oh yeah. And I'm going to get him on the, on the cartillary system, by the way. So, on the what? Uh, the cartillary system. Look at my tweets and look at the Does video. Does he need a transplant? Yes, exactly. That's why we call it cartillary. Um, and remember the uh, Department of Homeland Security's uh, cyber security officer who will be determining what can be shared and protecting your rights, Mary Ellen Callahan? Oh, God. <laughs> so she works part-time for a law firm. She's only um, half. Uh, she works part-time for Jenner and Block, which is a huge, huge law firm. Yeah, so one of the big boys. Yeah, so she works there, and she works at uh, so it's, you know, it's a part-time job, obviously. Protecting your privacy is obviously a part-time job. <laughs> I mean, that, that makes so much sense to me. So he sent me an email and said, um, I actually emailed, he says, Adam, I emailed you a few months ago about uh, Mary Ellen Callahan. I was at a conference in Chicago, and she was a speaker. She's a very nice person, but a complete and utter idiot. Apparently, she's working both for DHS and her partnership at uh, mega law firm General and Block. As an example of her expertise in cybersecurity at the conference, as an example, she talked about a big DHS project she worked on where, she, <laughs> where some federal dude, doofus, lost his USB drive with hundreds of millions of slaves' personal information on it. It was unencrypted. Never found. She said that she works a lot with training people how not to lose their USB drives. <laughs> this is the person in charge of your privacy with the new executive order from so the president. So she didn't teach them how to use TrueCrypt or no, any of these no, encryption no, no. systems no, or, no. or buying a no. secure USB, which is no. pre-encrypted or anything no. like that. No. Nah. No. Just keep them from losing it. And you're, you, you know. Well, she's only part-time, John. I mean, my God, man. What do you expect? You know, if she really wanted to teach people something, you would have to. <laughs> she had to be full-time. Full time. Why was she picked in the first place? Actually, I saw her oh. resume. I saw her bio on the wiki. Yeah, yeah. And she actually looks for. She sounds like she's been trained properly. Mm. You mean as a as a shill, or something? But mm. I mean, she doesn't sound like some slouch like that. That that you know those two guys that were the CTO and the whatever they oh, were. Oh, Vivek uh, Kundra and Chopra uh, and yeah. uh, Chopra and Kundra. Vivek Kundra. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have an old clip. I was going to do some other stuff, but okay. I, I, I just wanted to do one thing before we get to a clip. Um, you know, we talk about the cultural jihad. Remember my, my handler? Yeah. Yeah. About, you know, yeah, about, I talked to her since. No, nah, in email, only a quick email. Uh, Would she straighten you out? Well, no, she, she said, you know, she actually thanked, she said, please thank John for recognizing her work. What other, did I do? You, you, know, you said, hey, you know, she straightens you out. She sets you straight from time to time. Oh. And, um, you know, so, of course, uh, you know, this was about the uh, high likelihood that uh, John O. Brennan uh, converted to Islam. And that, you know, she, she basically laid down the whole smack about Sharia law and about how, um, 
the Muslim Brotherhood is uh, is is giving all these goodies to the the industrial complexes so they can go and make hundreds of billions and trillions. And of course, all we get is uh, uh, you know cultural jihad. And now, so first of all, after I do this whole thing, Glenn Beck starts talking about this. So this this makes me feel not so good because you know, Glenn Beck just is icky. Um, but it was very funny to read that in Canada, um, Prime Minister Stephen Harper has unveiled the long-awaited, are you ready for it, Office of Religious Freedom. Yeah. How, how, how 1984 New World Order does that sound? <laughs> Prime Minister Stephen Harper will unveil the government's long-awaited Office of Religious Freedom and name Canada's first religious freedom ambassador at a Toronto-area Ahmadiyya Muslim Community Center. <laughs> so religious freedom for Muslims, apparently. This is nuts, people. Why would it be a Muslim that is in charge of this? Um, well, yeah, people up in Canada, get Harper out. <laughs> yeah, this is. I don't think having an office, an office of religious freedom is a good idea. It just doesn't sound right to me. But this is religious. Clip. I wish I would. I had the clip at the ready. About uh, never mind. It's what? just annoying what? me now what? that I don't. I should. What? Uh, is it from it last a good week? Clip that we never played. Oh, okay. Uh, what? So you had something you wanted to play? I did. I, I, I. The thing that's going around now that came out this morning is Jeff Jarvis on the BBC. Did you see that? Oh no! What? <laughs> he was yelling at the guy from the BBC. So about what? About the Facebook hack. What? What about it? Okay, so so Facebook apparently there was a a, a day zero uh, hack on uh, the uh, day zero exploit. Yeah, exploit. I'm sorry, day zero exploit that infected uh, several computers inside the company, and uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, this happens. This is what happens with big centralized systems. You know, when it happens it, all the time. So when, what? Yeah, when it gets messed up. So uh, the BBC, of course, is like, yo, this is yo, this is bad. This is bad. so. Jeff Jarvis does something very interesting. Um, uh, well, I'll, I want your response to it uh, after we play the clip. Do you have any details of what sort of hack took place? You already said it. A few of the staffers' laptops were uh, hacked through a uh, malware site, and there's nothing that was uh, compromised from any sites. No, I have to disagree with you. This is irresponsible journalism. This is crap. You're trying to do a techno panic and say that people should be scared around the world, and they shouldn't be. And there's no story here. This interview shouldn't exist. I said that to your brain interviewer. I'll say it to you. You're just causing a panic, and there's no reason for it. Look, answer me that, please. Okay, listen, I uh, totally appreciate your point, but we still think that it's a point worth discussing. Uh, oh, I don't think so. I think, I think that this, is, this is media coming along and saying, oh, my God, technology is scary. How often do I have calls from BBC saying, let's do a story about how wonderful technology is, all the new opportunities it creates? No. This is what you do. You come in and you say, aha, a hacking story. Technology is bad. Technopanic. Danger. Danger. <laughs> BS. This is crap, and you know it. It's irresponsible journalism, and I'm calling on it. 
Okay, Jeff Jarvis, listen, we do appreciate your time. And we appreciate the analysis out, as well. You don't want to hear this, do no, you? No, 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 listen. Okay. No, no, no. Good night. No, 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 absolutely not. The reason we're uh, discussing the interview... You, know, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. No, we're more than happy to hear it, Mr. Jarvis. It's just the nature of your language, okay? We do appreciate the analysis. No, it's just the nature of the language. I could do far worse than No, that. I'm sure you could. Okay. <laughs> Listen, thank you very much indeed for your time, Mr. Jarvis. Okay. Shut up. So apologies uh, for the language there in that interview with Jeff language Jarvis. Language, you used uh, the word crap. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I have some, I didn't know this. So yeah. This is this news is, to me, but I have some this thoughts. Is, this, is going, this is making the rounds do, today. Do they have a studio that's shaped like a giant bucket? I'm sorry to say the only video I could find was one, someone had taped this with a camera on the TV. So, yeah, it sucks. Sorry. Uh, secondly... I'm pretty sure I can predict with some certainty that Jeff Jarvis will never be invited back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that, too. But but this is kind of, it's interesting to me that he chose this. And this is, by the way, because when I'm hearing this, I'm like, well, wow, you know, if either one of us dies, you know, Jeff can slip right in. You know, he can be, he can be on the show. And I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a big fan, uh, typically, of his. But this was... I kind of like what he was doing because it was more about well, he doesn't the do media instruction, so he actually wouldn't work on the show. He's just grumpy. <laughs> he's just he, he's just having a bad day. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I think that's has to be it because most of the time he's very civil, uh, but he was off the deep end. He was like rocking it. I mean, he was. It, did he have to get up at three in the morning to do it because it was across the world, or it was some, on, there was something mm. else going on that made him this? Agitated. Well, I was, that, I was wondering. He'd go, I know what he would normally do on these sorts of things. Well, it's not a, you know, you'd say the same thing, mm -hmm. but you do it this way. Yeah, you know, it turns out not to be a big deal. And this pretty much happens at all the companies. This is what you said a little earlier. Just exactly the same thing. It's not a big deal. Uh, and it's, you know, you might be making, I think too many people are making a mountain out of a molehill. And then you stop and let the guy come back with it. And and it becomes a very classic time wasting BBC quasi conversation. This is the same things you see them on CNBC when you're in one of the boxes or the, the octobox, you know, there's a bunch of people's heads on the screen and they really say nothing. One guy tries to get some attention by saying something kind of interesting, but it's all bull crap. And I don't know what happened. He went off the rails. I, I actually feel that he kind of, in a way, also might have been protecting Facebook. No. Yeah, because in at the beginning of the clip, he's kind of like, you know, everyone knows on Facebook you're sharing everything. It's going to be, see you know, he was, he wasn't, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Well, that's pretty sinister if true. Well, I am a sinister dude, but I like the yes. whole rant. And I, I, I like, I like the, I like the whole, you know, like you're going to cut me off now. And, you know, I, I thought it was good. That was good. But it, it it was atypical Jarvis. I just it didn't seem like that that was something he would do normally. No, that's what I was saying. It was yeah. uh, it would yeah. normally be just a. That's why I think something else was going on. But I don't think he was. <laughs> if, he, if he was protecting Facebook, he did a crappy job of it. We we get this all the time. By the way, we we get. I mean, at least I get emails from people who are incensed and so angry at me, and you know it's cr and it's outrageous. And sometimes I'll send like, oh, man, you know, really? What? And then, you know, after two or three emails back and forth, it turns out, you know, my dog got hit by a car. My girlfriend left me. I'm broke, you know. And it's like it's just people projecting uh, their own crap. 
Yeah, so, so that's what I'm. That's my thinking on this. Yeah, I wonder. I hope he's okay. Maybe his dog got hit. <laughs> Maybe his girlfriend <laughs> left him. His <laughs> dog. Hey, can I just? Uh, I'd like to wrap up the uh, the Chris Dorner stuff. We have okay. Really... I have one Dorner clip. Oh, <clears throat> um, what do you have? <clears throat> oh, you have a good I, one. I, Let's play. I what is think... it? I got a very short clip. So the door says donor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I can't spell on these things. Yeah, it's amazing I can find your clips. Yeah. Well, now when it says, let me read this one again. Defense strategy. This is all spelled right. Uh, this was the wrap up on, on one of the big major news networks that summed it all up. And we were good to go. We're done with the story. Now, police stress they did not burn down that cabin intentionally. They also say after the flames started, a single gunshot was heard inside. And that sounded very different from all the other shots that were fired. And they believe that was the bullet that Dorner saved for himself. It's lightning rod and grounding brave. He saved it for himself. I'm saving this bullet. I'm telling you, I'm saving this bullet to kill myself. I gotta kill myself with this bullet. Yeah, it's it's really it's really unbelievable. So um, here's a. I actually, whenever I want the truth, I turn to Aaron Burnett. Yeah, and it's a question that they believe that they have answered. At this point, what the detectives are saying is that they have completed the autopsy, and at this point, they are saying that Dorner died of a single gunshot wound to the head, something that they're not 100% sure of. <laughs> I love that part. The autopsy is done, and, and we're sure, kind of. But all signs are pointing to Dorner. All signs, John. All signs are pointing Dorner to. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So since you obviously, you were more into this story, I think, or you did a better job of finding stuff than I did because you got the... The The wallet, the double wallet part of it. Yeah. Which that's a, a, was good. So since you know all these details, you're like probably the, I would say you are the national expert on this, on this case. (laughs) I'm close. Do you, was there... Since he shot himself in the head, mm-hmm. and then he dropped dead, there would be, and I assume he's right-handed, but left-handed, what difference does it make? He, he, the gun that he shot himself with would be right there, and maybe, you know, heated up and blew up, and but the gun would be around right there, and uh, uh, probably in his hand, and all the rest that you'd find, the gun he shot himself Did they find a gun? Oh, oh, well, I'm so glad you asked, John. Not only did they find a gun... They found the entire arsenal. They're showing it on television, which includes a Bushmaster AR-15. Um, but they're not scorched at all. As we, we heard all this reports about Christopher Dorner being heavily armed, that he's armed and dangerous. But looking at it, it really sort of underscores that this man was prepared for war. He was engaged in an all-out war. Look at this weapon. This is a sniper semi-automatic rifle. Not a burn mark on it, by the way. With a scope. Sev- the scope is perfectly intact. Roll high magazine clips. There's a high magazine. I don't know what that is, but it's a high magazine. Apparently, you can smoke this. I think they meant high capacity. She left the word out. Uh, Yeah, I know what she she means, John, but the whole point is... She could have been high. She's showing me magazines that are... which are typically made of uh, plastic... (laughs) 
<laughs> and there's not nothing's burned, nothing's Full scored. High magazine clips, several semi-automatic handguns. Semi-automatic ha versus the automatic handguns. He had a what's smoke a semi-automatic handgun? It's a, it's it, it's a semi-automatic. It's not a machine handgun. Bombs. He was wearing a vest, <laughs> a military helmet. A military helmet. Oh my God. This man certainly knew what he was doing, and he wanted to wage war. Not a single. Oh, so okay. they're showing the entire table. Not a scorch mark on him. Okay, well, let me ask you another question then. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that they were, they were well made and they wouldn't scorch. <laughs> uh, but in that temperatures of a, where you have a body that was apparently burnt to a crisp. Yes. To the point where they, they they say they found his dental records because he couldn't. He had no fingerprints or anything. The guy was no. burnt to a crisp. He, he was like barbecue. Now, now, in that kind of heat, wouldn't the bullets in the magazines Be or the gun explode now and again? Yeah. You, Making a mess out of the gun or the magazine so you would not have a magazine. The high magazines. A high magazine that would be intact. It would be all screwed. It would be messed up by the bullets exploding in the magazine. Yes. Was yeah, that the case? Yeah. Well, John, all I'm telling you is that they are showing me a table with police officers showing, you know, like a, it has a sign, Christopher Dorner's arsenal with an arrow, right? And they're showing, and they're showing me his his uh, his jacket, his his military helmet, his Bushmaster rifle. It's, it's a jacket burnt. No, it's it's all perfectly. It's fine. Mm, How did the jacket? What the, I, I want one of these jackets. Well, so here here's here's my favorite Bruns. I think it was a Bruns clothing actually. Uh, his jacket doesn't burn. Clothing.com, the guys who uh, <laughs> yeah, doesn't burn. It's, un, it's a piece of the action to the no un, agenda show. It's unburnable. It just but I love the rifle and they have the magazines the high magazines the plastic ones because you know a lot of these are plastic you can get the metal ones but you can get plastic in fact m most of i think are these days are plastic and that you know they're not melted or anything it's just it's all fine you know and no one sees this by the way there's no like i mean it, the, the zombies are so programmed and hypnotized now of course the big thing is the reward so we need to now as i said it was only for the a capture and not for the killing of him. So I think that no one's going to get it anyway. But if you're going, if you're going to give the reward, are you whistling? No, go on. Oh, I thought you were whistling at me. I was breathing into this. I was breathing. <laughs> He's breathing. But I just happened to have That's the okay. slide whistle on my lips. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm myself up for a, a, for a, a dramatic a moment. A doozy. <laughs> <laughs> you have a tell, okay? You have a tell when you're breathing through the slide whistle. I didn't know what was going on. Um, so, we, we, you know, we, we're going to wind it. We have to do something with this reward. So let's find someone to give it to. The authorities did not address in the press conferences who is going to get the $1 million reward for tips that led to the capture and conviction of Dorner. The Los Angeles Police Department has just issued a statement, and it says the following. Due to the large number of inquiries into the reward, the mayor's office and the Los Angeles Police Department remind media outlets that reward monies cannot be distributed until the investigation is complete, which takes time. Final decisions on the dissemination of the reward on this case, as in all reward cases, will be made upon completion of the investigation. Well, one potential candidate is Rick Heldebrake. He says Dorner pulled a gun on him, then took his truck, leaving him and his dog unharmed. And Rick joins me now out front. Uh, Rick, I just was, when I first read. Now, do you know who this guy is? This is the guy. <laughs> in, 
I don't know. This, this is, is there's a this, this is the agent. Even follow the story. This is anymore. the agent that we played the clip from. This is the guy who said this. Now to the man who lost his truck to Christopher Dorn. Or the agent that they were talking. Listen, 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 this, this is the guy. Story I spoke with who they're going to give it to. Held to break a short time ago. Rick held to break. Here we go. Take them through what happened. You were coming up a side road on the highway, and you saw some <laughs> law enforcement in the area. What happened? I saw something in, moving in the trees, and I could see that it was somebody with a gun. Now, there's been a lot of people up around here with guns, searching buildings and things like that. So I, I'm not unused to seeing them, but it, this was an odd area for that to be. And uh, by the time that thought process ended, I realized it was Christopher Dorner. And I saw a vehicle crashed in the snow behind him. <laughs> Remember this guy, the vehicle guy? <laughs> Oh, yeah, the cop. Yeah, with the wraparound black sunglasses. That's who they're going to give the reward to. Yeah, it's just it's phony. He's not getting anything. It's just they're going to give it back to themselves. It's probably yeah. a cash bonus. Yeah, it's just it's just like an actor. Welcome it's, to San Bernardino. It's amazing. Amazing. But they also, they found a, a fake girlfriend. Dorner swing from calm to, to murderer, potentially. Let's get some insight on, on him from Ariana Williams. She dated Christopher Dorner five years ago. It's nice to have you with us. You dated back in 2006, I guess. Oh, 2006. Is that five years ago, really? How about, uh, try yeah, a little more. How about adding how about, uh, Yeah, how about seven years? It's a little more right. than five years ago. Uh, tell me a little bit about... Uh, so they just drum up some woman. She's an actor, and, and she's just an actor, and she has nothing to say. What you first thought when you heard that he was the suspect in this in this manhunt? Well, I think any time you hear something of this nature, this extreme, it's a shock. Doesn't she sound like a, a real girlfriend, doesn't she? And I mean, she I was, sounds I was... like a voiceover announcer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen, uh, we just need somebody. Uh, just, get, just... get me the list. Who do we have? Well, we don't have, I don't have the actor list here. I got voiceover talent. That's great. That's great. Just whoever. African-American uh, voice. Much in shock probably as the next person, and it's just like it threw me for a loop. But did you think, I'm shocked? Threw me for a loop. But I expected <laughs> it, or was it, I'm shocked he could never have done something like this? I'm shocked I sort of expected it. I, I can't honestly tell you that I was saying. I'm shocked I sort of expected it? And, oh, this would never happen. I mean, when you see signs of someone's behavior and the manner that um, sort of like stress-induced type, you know, behavior also, I think, coupled with maybe how their personality already, already is, I think it makes it easier to understand why something like this could possibly happen. Oh, did he beat you up? Did he, was, did he go crazy? Did he like, did he whack you upside the head? Did he pull a gun on you? What kind of signs were you seeing that would lead you later to not think it was such a stunning development? Well, I think just a lot of on-the-job stress, and I think maybe his beliefs and his values about how he, cops should behave. What? Yeah, those are. He had a stressful job. That was clear sign. This is bull crap. This is so 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 fake, so phony. And uh, I mean, and and this is our our buddy here. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, that's how I address all my buddies. What's her name? Our, our CNN buddy. What's her name? What's her name? Oh, Aaron? No, uh, no, the morning show girl who's about to be replaced by Aaron. The, the, oh our, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Betsy. And Betsy. just hearing a little bit at that time about Betsy. how he was a little bit stressed out at work. He was a little bit stressed out at work, so it made total sense that he could flip. I was. I, it threw me for a loop. Oh, people. Get better actors. Get better script writers. Oh, that too. Yes, Soledad, Soledad O'Brien. Ah. Soledad. All right. Betsy. Betsy. Play us out, big man.
Can we do the Ask Adam thing? How many lightning strikes are there daily in the in the world? Daily in the world? Um, wow. Uh, I mean, like striking the ground, buildings, structures, trees. Yeah. Yeah, your discharges. Including your potato? No, it has to be a lightning. <laughs> no, not static discharge. Well, uh, see, not static, really? The matter. No, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 10,000. Play it. Astonishingly, 40 strikes occur every second. <laughs> That's more than 3 million strikes a day. Wow. Was that a porn? <laughs> no, this is part of Nova's new style. It's oh. terrible. Oh. And uh, they have, for example, the upcoming Nova, which is going to be something you'll be interested in, which I think is a brainwashing. Uh, Nova's gone off the deep end. Now, is Nova, crap, Nova's uh, public television, is it not? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Nation's treasure. So this is uh, the, uh, the, the upcoming? Play the roots of yeah. but This is an yeah. upcoming Nova. You can check it out, and you know what it's going to be about. It's going to be about drugs. Nova investigates the roots of violence. The question on everybody's mind is, how do you prevent the next Newtown? Are killers born or made? When we compare people who commit violent acts against people who don't commit violent acts, brain differences begin to emerge. Is mass murder driven by an urge to kill or a wish to die? If we want to understand a murder-suicide, we need to start by understanding the suicide. Unlocking the mind of a rampage killer next time. <laughs> of course, we can see these brain. We can see the brain activity at a very young age, and but we can correct it with yeah. some with some medicine, drugs. Yes, with some drugs. Exactly. Uh, okay, uh, wrapping it up from my end. Uh, I guess there's a new uh, SARS-like virus that shows person to person transmission uh, coming up. This is very, yeah. very good. No yep. more kissing. Yep. No. <laughs> at least not with tongue. Uh, bird flu um, in Germany. Uh, they're killing. Well, I thought there was bird flu in Mexico. Yes, there is. They, you know, well, that's. I'm sorry. That is not just bird flu in Mexico. You know what that is? The war on chicken. That's right. They kill like half a million chickens or something. Yeah, some 500,000 birds had to be put down. Yeah. Uh, or shipped to the U.S., one of the two. <laughs> You're soaking in it now, Madge. Uh, okay, let me see. Uh, yeah, no, I think we're pretty much... Uh, I've got some... I got in the show notes, which uh, is at uh, 488.nashownotes.com. Uh, we always have all the clips, the art, uh, the credits... Um, all the stories we've talked about and more. There's a lot of stuff we just don't get to. So uh, make sure you uh, check out uh, your daily show notes, 488.nashownotes.com. Uh, in that, I will put a link. Uh, if you're a sysadmin and you feel like uh, contributing to the Cartulary Project, uh, there's a Google group. You can go download the sources from GitHub and install it and, uh, and help us out with some programming. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Uh, or you can just set one up and run it for your friends. 
uh, you know. Uh, I, have, I have a uh, possibly an end of show clip where you can play it now, mm. which I want to get off the list because I'm going to keep sending it in until it gets played. Okay. Because we, we had Gore Vidal, if you remember, about yes. eight shows ago from talking in 1990, uh, no, 1968, 1969. Haven't we already uh, done this clip? No, no. This is a new version. This oh. is one that came late. This came 40 years later. Oh. Uh, this is one of the last clips he did before he died, but... He was. He's always been suspicious of the military-industrial complex, and he takes it for granted that the whole place has been taken over. But in this case, he slams a bunch. He slams a bunch of the dar. And he, you have to remember, he's a big-time progressive liberal, and he slams a bunch of the heroes of the left in a very funny way. That's kind of depressing. Uh, we can play at the end. Or well, we why, don't, play- why don't we play it now? I was going to do a very short end of show clip of Cornell West calling Obama oh, okay. a, a war that's criminal. Fine. I thought that was kind of fun. That's always fun. Yeah, okay. Let's uh, listen to Gore Vidal. Now, just refresh our memory. Uh, This is not the shampoo guy, right? Gore Vidal. (laughs) It's funny. Gore Vidal is related to Al Gore and all the Gores that came before. Oh, really? And very famous uh, and a very famous novelist, playwright, and all these other things. And he uh, was blackballed early in his career. He's uh, extremely gay, and he had written his first novel when he was 19 years old, and he got blackballed because it was about being gay. And, of course, that changed. Was, Anyways, he, a, was so, he a gay hipster? I don't know if there are such things. <laughs> uh, are very simple. This guy's the bad guy. This guy's the good guy. We're going to root for him. He may have his problems, but so I see the world, having been brought up in a political family, I know the mixture that people are. Harry Truman did more harm to the United States than any president in our history and was one of the nicest and most honorable of men. But he replaced the old republic with a national security state with a Cold War. <laughs> As Charles Beard, the historian, said, we, have, we are now set for perpetual war for perpetual peace. And we've had 50 years of that, and yet he's venerated, mm-hmm. you know, because he's a nice little man. People are mixtures. And if you're brought up in Washington and your, your family's in the trade of politics, you know how complex people are. And I often say that one of the worst presidents of the United States was Jack Kennedy. In 1,000 days, he got us into an invasion of Cuba that failed, a missile crisis that nearly killed us all, and uh, into the Vietnam War. I said, another 1,000 days and we would all be dead. <laughs> I said, but weren't you his friend? I said, I was very much his friend. I adored Jack Kennedy. He was the greatest gossip that ever lived, among other things. He was a wonderful guy. He was a god-awful president. Now, can't you get the two things in your head? I don't know what it is been done to the American brain, but if you like somebody, everything he does is okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I do want to point out, you said... Uh, Obama. This, this is... you. you well... You said that uh, Gore Vidal said this before he died. You realize you said that, right? Yeah. And you also realize that's kind of a ludicrous statement? Yeah. Okay. I think it was implying that it was before he died. <laughs> well, if he was talking after he died, then that would be awesome. Yeah, well... Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was, it was, now looking back, and it's a shitty clip, but it's beside the point. <laughs> it's not a shitty clip. It's, I like, I like the clip. First of all, Truman was the one that instated the, the oh, police yeah. state? No, no. In fact, the, the Dulles, uh, the John Foster Dulles, and then Alan Dulles, the guy who really started the CIA, the, the progenitor of the whole thing, that was all put into play by Truman in 1947. 
Hmm. The, the, the state we're in began in 1947, all thanks to Truman. And, it, and the, like I said, it's a police security state. It's, a, it's How been a police the, state since 47. Before 47, you know, now, Truman, it was a now, good country. Truman, uh, was this, Truman, was that the election where, uh, where he's holding up the newspaper that says Dewey wins? Yeah. So was that the first uh, election that was stolen then? Uh, possibly. What was Truman, a Democrat or Republican? Democrat. I rest my case. Interesting. The war party. <laughs> was that what he, what he was? My the, dad used to always say, oh, the Democrats are the war party and the Republicans are the depression party. <laughs> Well, I guess we win. only beginning to realize what he said. Yeah, we, <laughs> we win either way. <laughs> we, at least we have a show. And we have a war. Yeah, either we have a war or we have a depression. Either way, we have a show. This is good news. Yeah, and I don't think it's changing anytime soon. No. All right, John. Um, hey, John. No. Can I say something? No. What no? What? I, I said I want to say something. I, 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 I want well, to say, you can just say it. Why are you asking for my permission? Because I, I want to have make sure you're not on the slide whistle or doing anything else. No, I was going to get on the cowbell, but go on. All right. Well, I love you, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you from the boxes and soon from the, uh, what was it? Drone target number 33, the crackpot cabana. Hopefully, if it all goes according to plan. And it'll be on Thursday, uh, right here, uh, no agenda. Right, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry, everybody. And from northern Chillicon Valley, where <laughs> I'll be painting a big X on my roof with that IR paint, I'm John C. Dvorak. And we've got a no agenda producer update uh, coming up uh, on the stream. And we'll be back on Thursday. Support us, Dvorak.org slash NA. Support your best podcast in the universe adios mofos They're coming home to roost we've been talking about this for a good while the immorality of drones dropping bombs on innocent people has been over 200 children so far these are war crimes i think we have to be very honest let us not be deceived nixon bush obama they're war criminals they have killed innocent people in the name of the struggle for freedom the best Dvorak.org slash N-A